0: to Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, here we are in the fall, and the temperatures are still 90 degrees outside, and it's humid. All the rain we took in a few weeks ago, now there's mosquitoes everywhere. Still feels uh, very summer-like out there. Yeah, I didn't have to canoe in this time. I was
1: only able to just wear my waders and, and wade in here. We still got flooding All over the place, but it's still
0: no. Today it was just the heat. You wore your speedo in, and I, you know, that's kind of inappropriate. Well, you know, it is what it is, man.
1: You know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I'll grab my baby lotion later. You know.
0: Yeah, if you hear a little bit of background noise, that's because I have WCW Nitro from 2000 on my TV because I was napping to it earlier. As
1: it's it will put you to sleep.
0: Well, it's my goal, there there was a podcast I love called Keep It 2000, and, and their mission was to watch every single episode and review it. They
1: didn't get that far, did they?
0: Didn't make it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. They man, made it about halfway brutal. through and uh, threw in the towel, and I love those guys. Brian Mann and Nate Milton, they did a great job on there. They even had Lance Storm on there and had a great episode with him, but they threw in the towel before... They just couldn't do it, man. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a real test.
1: Oh man, I mean, when we went to Orlando, we talked about it on here. I played it overnight, you know, every night when I'd lay down and watch it till I fall asleep and that kind of shit. Even then, dude, I couldn't make it. Over three nights of sleeping there.
0: Well, and even the parts that you're awake for, you can't make sense of what's going on. You
1: can't. And so it was it was brutal, man. It was bad.
0: As we enter the second week of October, what do you have for us from the news desk this week, sir? Uh, jazz. Everybody remember Jazz? Anybody not remember Jazz? Do you remember Jazz? Jazz was a standout in ECW. She was. Had a brief run in the WWF slash E. Paired with Rodney Mack, married Rodney Mack. Yeah. uh, And then they both left the company, and she has continued on on the independent circuit and is the current NWA Women's Champion. She is, and she will be at NWA 70
1: in Nashville at the National Fairgrounds, defending that very title.
0: That's good. So we actually have another match we announced have, on the card. We have
1: another match announced.
0: Yes, and they are going to introduce some sort of mid-card title as well, and they haven't announced the competitors for that. But So we're slowly building this card. It's, guys, it, it, we're creeping up on the date. We need Tim, a little bit more.
1: Tim Storm will be there. He will be wrestling your, your former... NWA champion. Oh,
0: long time NWA in the dark days. The, the dark N- dark dark days. Uh you will also be
1: hearing the words on commentary of none other than James E. Cornette, James so.
0: E. Cornette and Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone. That's right. A very weird pairing in my opinion, but we shall see how it goes. You're now con- you're considering going up there, aren't you? No because Then I wouldn't get the commentary, Patrick. If I watched it on TV, I would get the added bonus of hearing James E. Cornell. So, are we
1: going to watch this live and do do a live podcast with it on? Because I feel like this is a monumental moment that deserves it. That might be a
0: good idea. Plus, then we don't have to watch anything in in advance or take notes. We can just make comments. That's true. And that's easy. I. So and we only
1: do live watches on rare every occasions. once in a while, and this I feel like this one is is a val- a valuable one that that deserves it.
0: Yeah, and it's only twenty five bucks on fight f i t e. You can stream it to your television or whatever. It's only twenty five bucks though, but ga tickets if you're in the Nashville area are only twenty bucks. So, uh, it's priced a lot uh, better than uh, some of the tickets for All In, and you'll still get to see Cody. So. Yeah. Uh, defend his title. Two out of three falls. Now, do you think Cody drops the title? We've talked about this before. Do you think it's just immediately got to go back? My heart wants to say yes, but I don't think he does. I think it's in their best interest that he keeps it for I a do while. Too.
1: It keeps eyes on the product, and it keeps... Because, I mean, right now, he's the hottest independent guy out there. Well... Absolutely. Not independent, per se. Independent out of WWE. You know, New Japan and Ring of Honor. he's still
0: owns- well, and having the weight of the Bullet Club brand behind him, and the merch, and the online videos that they do, uh, being the elite, he's able to. He maintains a presence. He he's the biggest presence. I, I, Nick Aldis just isn't on that level. Yeah, and as... it's nothing
1: personal. To, I mean, I'm I'm friends with the man. Yeah, he's it's a fine personal. he's a fine
0: performer, but it's just the circumstances of the time.
1: Yeah, it is what it is. And um, oh, uh, Road Warrior Animal will be at uh, at NWA seventy. By the way, so legends are going to start coming in, and uh, I heard rumors of Wildfire Tommy Rich.
0: Well, Jeff Jarrett will be on. Double hand. J
1: will be there as well. So uh, we could be seeing something very new and very unique and legendary, unlike any other.
0: Well, I think you might have just a legend segments, or or show them in the crowd, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Introduce them, yeah. and or even have just them talking about their you know memories of the old NWA. And yeah. and things like that. That would be well,
1: seeing right around here
0: in the in the you know Georgia Atlanta Chattanooga
1: Nashville area. It's where a lot of the NWA guys now live, and so
0: yeah, North Georgia. I mean Atlanta and Knoxville. Uh, the, the retired
1: NWA legends. That's there. They live around here, which is how I've become so close with them. And it's uh, you're always going to see one or two of them at the uh, at a an indie show. Whether they're even booked there or not, they'll just pop in the locker room somewhere. So it's a uh, no. You could see plenty of them show up. Who knows? It could be a, an Ultimate Legends Fest and turn around with great in-ring uh, action as well. It would that would be cool. Yeah, uh, I, the potential is is there for this show to really kick off and and make something major for uh, for the NWA.
0: Well, my only concern, and I said it before, is. Guys, you gotta get a card out. I'm sorry, I just... i I, I like to know what I'm getting We're into. We're
1: still, what, three weeks out? Two weeks out? Uh, still, two, weeks. Two, weeks.
0: two weeks. Two weeks from today. Two weeks. Alright, so... Get it in gear, guys. Get a
1: card going out there, and they... Well, they might be holding a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of secrets. They might... It might turn into... I don't something. like secrets. You I don't. don't like
0: the mystery grab bag.
1: You don't, but sometimes... You might get a Ric Flair in that mystery grab bag. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes, uh, but I I doubt that. So, uh, Liv Morgan has been cleared to wrestle.
0: Thank goodness. She competed at Super Showdown. She was in the six-woman tag with the Riot Squad against the Bellas and Ronda Rousey, who ended up winning the match with a double armbar. It looked ridiculous. Did Brie
1: kick anybody else in the face?
0: I am not sure her involvement, because I didn't watch uh, Super Showdown. It aired here live at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning, and I haven't watched the replay yet. I I
1: haven't watched it either.
0: But they actually did something very weird for WWE standards, and they let the Australian people who were booked on the card win. It it was pretty crazy. It's crazy what they did. So
1: hometown boys, more or less,
0: and girls... Ended up uh, ended up winning. That's right. The Iconics went over in their match, and Buddy Murphy is the new cruiserweight champion. And to a huge reaction in front of 65,000 people, it almost kind of brought back memories of Bulldog at uh, SummerSlam, though definitely not on the same level. I mean, the IC belt was in much higher regard than right. the 205 Live Championship, but still a cool moment that they actually allowed to happen, and a moment that they missed so often that I was certain... Uh, I play this prediction game with other podcasts. Josh and Stu run this podcast, and I send them a prediction sheet for on behalf of both of us, and I just randomly pick usually. And I pick the Australians to win, knowing in my heart that I'm probably going to botch this. because. So how on. well did you do in your
1: prediction? I'm just curious now. I did okay. You got I, like 6 out of out of 10 or something? Uh, uh Probably a little... Because it was 10 matches, right? It was ten. It was nine or ten. I think it was ten. It was ten exactly. It was ten exactly.
0: Okay. Um, so I got five. I went. I went fifty percent. And you but 50-50. some of the, some of the things that you score points on is you have to guess which tag member makes the pin, which tag member loses, how the match ends, and DQ, pinfall, submission. Some of that stuff I, I did not get correct, such as. Well, obviously such as Shawn Michaels interfering. Oh, yes, that's correct. Yes, uh, the Undertaker, the main event of the evening was, of course, Undertaker, Triple H, last time ever, which you can always take their word for it. You can always trust in the WWE. You will never
1: see that match ever again,
0: just wait till next month. It was a no-DQ match. Michaels used Triple H as sledgehammer and hit a sweet chin music, and then Triple H hit the pedigree and there you go. A bald Shawn Michaels. A bald, uh, very odd-looking, uh, with him no hair. Yeah. Very weird. I wish he had kept the buzz cut, at I least. Could,
1: yeah, the bu- I could deal with the buzz. Bald, man, just
0: doesn't work. Sorry. So many bald guys in wrestling, anyway. Just doesn't work, man. So, after a pedigree, Triple H, congrats. You finally beat The Undertaker at a, basically, a glorified house show. But you did it, and you beat him when he was... The oldest person in the match, the combined age was between these four people were like two hundred and something.
1: The oldest person on the on the card, and really. I mean,
0: that's true. He was only, and he's only older by Shawn Michaels by like a few months. Both of these guys are fifty three years old. So you old.
1: said you said wait you said over two hundred years combined combined between that's right?
0: The mayor of Knox County, Kane, Shawn, <laughs> Triple
1: H, and Taker.
0: Yes, two hundred years of uh, life there. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> two centuries damn. collided in the main event.
1: I did. Uh, when you put it that way, that really like that, that slaps you in the damn face.
0: It's... Oh yeah. Well, they brought it up a few years ago when Sting fought Triple H. The age that they were. Oh, it's over a hundred. Well, this was this was. But you think back to WCW in, you know, 99-2000. They had matches that were probably in the 200s, you know, as far as Oh, yeah. As Flair, well, Flair and Hogan we're going to see later on here. The angle at the end of the match is what the whole thing was based around, of course. The speculation is Sean coming back. And, well, so all four men do the glory spot. They all hold each other's hands high in the air. And Sean even looks up to the... Looks up to the heavens, and he looks up to the crowd, this massive crowd in Australia, and all of a sudden, the brothers of destruction attack DX with a choke slam and a tombstone. And so I think we are definitely getting a tag match at Saudi Arabia with Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement. DX versus Bod it needs to be Survivor
1: Series. But I mean, the home of of Undertaker.
0: Money Talks, I my know, friend. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It
1: makes me wonder if that was part of the deal, though.
0: That they'll have to work Survivor Series 2?
1: No, if Sean... you know, We'll let you have another show if Sean comes out of retirement or something like that. It makes me literally wonder because they're throwing a lot of big shit behind this. Well, it's because they get paid for it, so... They already got paid for it. They could just put on a regular damn Raw for all that cares.
0: Oh, no. I think they, I think, I think Saudi Arabia has an opt-out clause. So you have oh, really? to, you have to continually make a good product, the Sultan proud or whatever. The Sultan. Uh, proud. He requested, from what I heard, some of the people in Saudi Arabia for the first card requested wrestlers that were dead. They were so unfamiliar with the product. They said, can you bring us Savage? Yeah. Savage and warrior and just named, just gave all these names and they had no clue. Who was still around? They just wanted big names. So,
1: are we going to see women's commercials in this uh, in this one as well? On the
0: broadcast, you will, but they won't see them in the arena.
1: Well, they did last time. That's why I'm asking.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh no, they, they will correct that. And
1: all hell broke loose over that because they were pissed.
0: Well, not only so. that, but that segment where they had uh, the Davari brothers beaten down for being. Um, not from Saudi Arabia, but from Iran or yeah. whatever. That was pretty controversial. They made Sami Zayn stay home because he was from Syria. I mean, he's Canadian, but he migrated there from Syria as as a child. And uh, But he's injured, so that won't play into this one. Uh, so, Sean coming out of retirement is a big enough draw that that's...
1: And why are we giving it over there when we should be giving it over here?
0: Well, because I think that...
1: Give it to your fans that actually have been behind you for the longest amount of time.
0: Well, but this is just a tag match. You're not getting the singles match, which I think we will get in America.
1: Sean and AJ? Who are you thinking? I'd love Sean and AJ. Well, a couple years
0: ago when they tweeted out that picture of... SummerSlam, Sean versus AJ, got a lot of reaction. And that they, would that they, would be my pick.
1: They did it again for the Royal Rumble when they were going to be in uh, San Antonio. That Royal Rumble in oh, San Antonio. Uh, San oh, Antonio. that's
0: that's the picture, though. Oh, was that was it. it. Yeah, okay. the, um, yeah. they tweeted out that picture of the Royal Rumble and, and teased Sean since it was in San Antonio and put AJ on the other side just to get people talking and didn't come through with that. That would be my pick. That'd be my pick. But I'm actually more leaning in the direction of, I think they would choose Daniel Bryan since he's Sean's student. And it would be the culmination, basically, full circle. The student challenges the master. I know you're not a huge Daniel Bryan fan, but I think... Really not.
1: I just, I don't, I don't like his style. Well,
0: you're going to hate playing through his story mode on WWE 2K19, so you Oh, get he about, actually has like a full-blown story oh, mode. Oh, yes. Oh, God. And you get about seven different versions of Daniel Bryan, including, oh, including, they put the Wyatt family version of Daniel Bryan in the game. Who the fuck wants that? That was Who? like two weeks. If that. I know, exactly. It is bizarre. That was the only time I liked him. We'll get into a 2K19 discussion shortly, but uh, the rest of the notables from the Super Showdown card, Charlotte Flair defeated Becky Lynch, but by DQ so, Becky retains the title so, I think a rematch is in store for Evolution, and and then Charlotte can move on to the Ronda inevitable Ronda Rousey match that they will have at WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan defeated The Miz, it was a number one contenders match, which I was unaware of he beat him in 225 so... Miz performed a running knee on Brian for a near fall as the Miz tried for the skull crushing finale. Brian reversed it into a small package to win the match. So maybe a bit of a play on Daniel Bryan getting beat in 18 seconds at WrestleMania. Maybe that was what they were trying to uh, conjure up. But once again, the WWE Championship goes on fifth on a 10 match card. What an embarrassment! And also Samoa Joe uh, lost to AJ Styles so I think uh, any hopes of a Samoa Joe title run it's over uh, and now they've moved a- it
1: it's, it's could quite possibly be over for good I mean
0: and it's a shame because he's a great promo and a is. great wrestler and uh, I think they they just don't see him as a champion and he's pre- and maybe he's okay with that, but he was defeated by AJ Styles. AJ Styles won with the calf crusher got Samoa Joe to tap to the calf wow. crusher, which shows you a lot of respect that Joe probably has for Styles because yeah. that move usually never, hasn't won a match to my knowledge, yeah. ever. So, here, for the first time, I mean, outside of maybe he probably be like James Ellsworth with it, but like you know, on a actual you know superstar. No. We, uh, he got to the calf crusher from the Kikina clutch, so he beat him with his secondary move from Joe's primary move. So, that is... uh, It's
1: impressive.
0: Yeah. Uh, We had John Cena and Bobby Lashley team up to take on Elias and Kevin Owens. And the main story there was John Cena's hair is very odd looking. He's a very odd looking man with hair. This man should stay. You talk about Sean looking weird bald. John needs to keep the hair gone. Because he looks like JBL with his hair grown out. Really? Yeah, even JBL tweeted out a picture of them side by side and said, "I, (laughs) I love... John Cena's new hair. He looks great. Only cool people have that kind of hair. (laughs) So, uh, there you go. Those were the real notables from the show. The rest was just all, you know, New Day beats the bar. Uh, nothing really else to to speak. the Shield win, of course. And there you go. And that was Super Showdown. Uh, around 65,000 people in Australia. And, uh, I think they should do more events in, uh, Definitely bring one to Great Britain. I'd love to see another another outdoor venue. Um, oh,
1: I mean, they could always do Wembley Stadium again. That would be great.
0: I would love that. So what else do you
1: have for us from the news desk this week? Well, I mean, not only because we're wrestling, but we do cover MMA. UFC 229. Yes. Ended very, very bizarre. Um, throughout the fight, well, one, one of the participants was more worried about taking on the the uh, upcoming opponent outside instead
0: of taking on his opponent in the cage. Anytime there's a Conor McGregor match, he brings his entourage. Correct. And these guys love to talk shit. Yeah. And apparently this guy was probably talking shit to Khabib Nagamadov the entire time uh, during the match. And so when... So in a shocking finish, because I think most people expected Connor to win this match, uh, Khabib choked him out in a rear necked choke in round four. And as soon as he did, he hopped the fence and goes after this guy that's part of Connor's crew and and starts fighting with. Him. They start brawling through the crowd. They did. And, and then, as Connor is recovering from being choked out, one of Khabib's guys runs in and starts attacking him. So it was like it was like pro wrestling.
1: It turned into a melee, and I mean melee as in Khabib and two others. I'm assuming the other two involved uh, were all three arrested, left in handcuffs. No belt was uh, presented. No to belt Khabib. was presented. And uh, to my knowledge, Khabib has yet to have been paid because they're saying right. it was a disrespect to the uh, the UFC brand.
0: Well, the Nevada State Commission is holding his purse. So, uh, Connor apparently got paid, but... Yes, he did. Well, he did nothing wrong himself. Right. So, uh,
1: Khabib, I, who knows, man. But
0: although it didn't start quite the same kind of brawl, Connor has done the exact same thing before and received nothing.
1: Well, and, and Connor's no saint. If we go back oh, what, well, I mean, a month yeah. ago, he was throwing a chair at a... At well, a that was about a year a, ago. Oh, was yeah. he be- oh, really? Okay. A year ago. He's throwing a, ch- a chair at a bus loaded down with Dana White's people.
0: No, loaded down with fire. Some of them got cuts and were forced off a card. They had to totally reshuffle a card uh, because Connor injured some of them. One of them... Oh, he shattered the, one of the glasses out of the uh, out of the bus. If you I I just
1: recently saw the video and it was very bizarre.
0: Rose Namahunas, uh still talks about being frightened from this day cuz she was on the bus. She didn't get injured, but uh still talks about having like almost PTSD from this guy chucking uh he just exploded, man. Oh like, yes. It, it literally looks like Royd Rage when he caused well, he was pissed about being stripped of the title, and then one of his boys, Artem Lobov, who actually saw fight uh, in Nashville, uh, he's a decent fighter, but one of his crew, again, this guy's entourage is ridiculous. Massive. And yeah. uh, so he was upset about this guy's placement on the card or something, or being stripped of the title. Something set him off. And so they go marching in, raided the press conference, and then, yeah, he chucks... Uh, one of those shipping dollies into a bus full of fighters and other UFC officials and yeah, got arrested and uh, ended up getting a slap on the wrist but, you know, when you're a star you're treated that way just like Jon Jones uh, this past week turns out he's going to be eligible to fight in October despite being a two-time test positive in the USADA testing pool slap on the wrist it's because of who he is uh, you know that's the problem. They need that name. Well, it's not just the UFC; it's these athletic commissions because they make so much money off the events too. They need big stars. The UFC is a very star-driven league, basically. And when they don't have stars, their pay-per-view numbers aren't very good. And so it's in this—it's in the athletic commission's best interest to clear stars, Brock Lesnar, whoever, whatever they did. Slap on the wrist, get them in there, let's make some money. Yeah. It's always it's money over ethics. Just yeah. like we talked about with WWE and Saudi Arabia and so many other things. It's money over By
1: ethics. By the way, Lesnar for that matter, just really quickly. Also booked for Saudi Arabia. He is. Looked very deflated. I we I probably have mentioned this well, he's already a, when we had when He's, he's did, in the testing pool. He yeah. did his, his run then the other at the uh, the last Hell in paper. a Cell, he Hell a Cell, yes, looked very deflated. So that tells me Vince is allowing steroids again. I'm just saying. Well, no,
0: they've admitted to that. As far as uh, if you are a if you are listed as a part time uh, wrestler, you're not subjected to a drug testing policy. That's what happened when uh, he had that SummerSlam match with Orton because he had failed the drug test from the UFC fight he had. Right. And uh, they still let him fight because part-timers aren't subjected to that. Now, what defines a part-timer? Well, I'm sure that's up to the company. And John Cena. John Cena, Triple H, uh, Shawn Michaels, for that matter. I mean, Shawn's looking pretty jacked. For Shawn is looking jacked when I saw old. him on
1: Monday. Because that uh, tuned in Monday for the main event, or just for the last oh, segment. Oh, the last segment. Because I yeah. knew when they the said... The slams. Oh, segment. yeah, they said Shawn was going to be on. I was like, oh, well, they're building for this Sunday or this Saturday. I mean, so he'll be last.
0: But, uh, yeah, he was looking jacked. You're you're right. Kurt Angle. uh, You you get into a lot of uh, people that you could say are part-time wrestlers. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that Kurt Angle... Kurt Angle, to me, didn't appear to be, you know, on anything. But uh, they're not subjected to the drug policy. and And that's come out and. It's kinda of bullshit, but that's the way it well, yeah, is. Yeah, because it, it's the same thing, star power, it's it's money over ethics. It, it has it came out. I remember us talking about that now,
1: but um last year. But it, it's still in and of itself it's it's a horrible, horrible thing because A you're allowing it and B you're it's okay for one guy but not for you. Well yeah, you're saying How do you allow people to become stars if they can't compete on the level of the stars? That's that's all I'm
0: getting at. We talked about it last week, but Drew McIntyre and uh, Jinder Mahal, when they showed back up into the company, it looks like they had really been working out really hard. And all of a sudden, it's strange, they received pushes, though. Yeah. And Jinder, well, he's been sent back down the card, and he's... Not not looking quite as as jacked, buff. Yeah. but drew McIntyre, who's on the ascent, still looks pretty big. I mean, who knows you know it just it just leads me to believe and and with this doctor and everything that's coming and what happened with Bree and Liv Morgan, there's a lot of questionable medical decisions going on in the w w e yeah,
1: and I'm not saying that make everyone follow it or do away with the drug policy and let everyone have a fair chance. That's all I'm getting.
0: I have a fair chance to use drugs.
1: Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. because...
0: Well, no, I understand what you're saying. Daniel yes.
1: Bryan's never going to be so jacked like The Rock when he come back his last... He
0: can't year. look like Roman Reigns, yeah. So, I mean... And he wouldn't... He, I mean, he's, you know, Daniel Bryan, so...
1: so. But I'm just saying, though, you're not... You're truth. You're truthfully, honestly, not giving people a fair shake and a fair opportunity to...
0: Well, eat. and I think that all dates... This all goes back to the man in charge who loves muscle-bound bodies. Oh,
1: man. In his... What? He's got to be 76?
0: He's 73.
1: So you're... 73. uh, I was close. I knew he was mid-70s. But he he loves
0: bodybuilders and big bodies. And 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 uh, to this day, he still, I guarantee you, stays on top of that. I can sit here and say that he prefers that look... And those guys get pushes, and those guys get special treatment. But, you know, at the same time, AJ Styles is your world champion on one brand. That's this so. very
1: true. That's a very true statement. And you have the likes of someone like a Braun Strowman, who isn't using steroids, but is naturally jacked. Well, he's a weightlifter, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's just, or a co, or a not coach Kingston, but Biggie Langston, who is just naturally Jacked from the years of becoming a weightlifter
0: and things like that. If you do it, yeah, it's not across the board. It's not like everyone that shows up there looking like EC three or yeah, getting pushed right to the top. So right,
1: I'm, that's all I'm saying. I either give everyone a, a a fair playing field. Well, yeah, it's or not. I, I'm
0: not condoning drugs at all. I've never used drugs in my life. I never will, no matter what. Well, it'd be like if you worked in an office and some people are getting drug tested and some people aren't. And there's no, you know, reason to pull Bill aside, you know, and give him a piss test. Yeah. And then let the other guy, let Jim sit there and type away. Exactly. I mean, this could get into a much larger discussion, but I agree 100%. And this this also translates into uh, mixed martial arts as far as... You know they do have a strict drug testing policy. They have the same drug testing policy as the Olympics, USADA. But if the punishment is just going to be a year and or time served or a slap on the wrist, just why take, even have take
1: it? it? Just fucking I yeah. Mean, any that take the compete. They're
0: encouraging take you. Take the
1: competitive edge, and if you get caught, oh well. Just but do. only
0: do it if you're a big star because you'll get a slap on the wrist. If Definitely. you're just if you're lower on the card and you get popped. Oh, you might get fired. Mm Mm-hmm. So, make a name, and then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But that goes true for anything. Star power, and money talks. Yeah. So, it's just, I I find
1: it to be very disrespectful and very disgusting. You know what else I find disgusting and disrespectful? What's that? WWE. Forcing people. And apparently, I'm not the only one. There's a pretty big outrage out there. I got an email on Friday. No yes, Thursday, Thursday, sorry, stating that my game that I paid for, the Ric Flair Woo edition, uh, back in August, of August 16th, um, when my bank released the funds for 30 days for them to pick up the payment, WWE did not pick up the payment. At which point in time, I get an email stating that they will hold my Woo edition for 24 hours for me to pay again, or they will sell it to the next person. And however, I had not paid for it. And I started looking back and I'm going, Yeah, I did. And found the actual transaction in and of itself, and where they took the money. Not only did I pay them, they actually collected on their end. And they're coming back saying that I didn't. And that, so they charged me. the first go-around. Then, to guarantee within that 24 hours or it was gone, I had to pay again. So I had to then pay $180 because shipping now has gone up at last minute. And that's what everybody's bitching about. It's not just me, but apparently this has happened with multiple people. WWE, the, the secret is, or the, you know, WWE sold more of the Woo edition than they had and now they're trying to skimp out on it and uh, not have to hold true to it. And so I fought. I went ahead and paid my $180 at this point in time to get my Woo edition overnighted, so it should be here tomorrow uh, at 10 a.m. If it has not, then I'm. you will hear about it next week again on our next... Recording. However, now I have to go back and fight to get my hundred and sixty dollars the first go around money back. So I have now paid. Let's see here. We're gonna do the math just for shits and giggles. I have now paid three hundred and forty dollars for the Ric Flair Wu Edition. You paid what? I now paid three hundred and forty dollars for the Ric Flair Wu Edition. Wow, that's uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> So I was 160 the first go-around, then shipping went up, shipping and handling went up, to now 180 this go-around. So now... I have to go to debate with WWE with my actual... Instead of going to them, you should dispute it with
0: your bank or credit
1: card. My company. bank is doing the exact same thing. So we are now going to debate and dispute this and try to get my $160
0: back from my first time paying for it. Well... Uh, I hate to say that. Pretty much called it. You called I did, your own man. shot. I like did, Babe
1: Ruth. I did because I told you. You and I had the discussion about it selling out, and we even talked about it on here. Yeah, selling out, and I had a run in with Walmart just kind of this way.
0: Uh, with the Hogan edition. With the
1: Hogan edition, and so it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. By the way, the Hogan edition I paid four hundred and eighty dollars for. That's the most I've ever spent for a WWE. Did you have game. to buy
0: it from a scalper? I there? bought
1: it off of Amazon oh, from, okay. from a significant. No, I bought it off eBay. Sorry, from an actual person yeah. after it was then launched and so right scalped, yeah, scalped off. So yeah, You
0: wanted it that bad,
1: yeah. And so I just find it to be a you know bizarre that now. Not only did I call it, but the fact that the game that they are promoting, the game that they are selling, is their game. It's not like it's Walmart or going through Amazon or running through. I can expect to, to have a little bit of issues and problems with them. I thought, where you went through Amazon, correct? Or you went through GameStop? I, I went through GameStop. You yes. did make it through GameStop. Okay. I thought, because GameStop had sold out, second best safety net. Was WWE. So I made my purchase off WWE Shop.
0: No, when you told me that, when we had this discussion originally, I thought... I actually had more confidence in your order than I did in mine. Right. Because it's their game. Well, right. And even in anything you buy on GameStop, they have fine parentheses. We can cancel your order. At any time. For any reason. And so, I was not very confident. And plus... This week before I got the Woo edition, I mine did arrive. GameStop came me. You through got yours, yes. And it came on day one. I mean I didn't go line up for the midnight release, but the shipping I wondered why shipping was so expensive. They got it to me on day one, so they did they did me right. It was it was excellent to, to have the game. Um, but earlier in that week I Earlier this year, I lost a very good friend of mine. It was my PlayStation 3, the Fat Edition, the yes. the big, black, shiny PlayStation this, 3. Y- you were very upset over this. I was very torn. I'm still am, to be quite honest, because we need to have a funeral. I think I'm hoping that one of my friends who is a techie can. Can look, can open it up and maybe try to salvage it. Well, anyway, it, it was it was the it was an eighty gig edition, but it was backwards compatible with PS2 games. And the thing, the great thing about that, not just the backwards compatibility, because I have a PS2, I can just plug that in. And that's what I ended up doing at, at the end of the day. But uh, it also upscaled the graphics and it smoothed the graphics out, and so the games looked great on it. And yeah. it was my best friend. For many years. Oh, it was. We spent
1: hours. You and I both playing on it.
0: Oh yeah, it had a lot of great titles. It uh, it also to me like later on it became you know it had Netflix on it and I had and I had like MP3s on there and like I spent hours playing Madden on it. It was great times. Yeah. But anyway, sadly it passed. It passed on. So I needed a replacement. First I went to eBay and I tried to get the exact same model. And so. I paid $180 because these things still hold their value. Now yes. I paid I paid $180 for a game system that came out when I was in high school, but still, uh, because of its backwards compatibility, these things are rare and or more rare than the other ones. And so I I paid the extra money. I said I'll just I'll do it. I'll do bite the bullet and do it. Yeah, and it came with some games and stuff, so I get the eBay seller to send it to me. Open it up. This thing is a piece of shit. I don't know what people are doing to their game systems, but they are beating the fuck out of them. Anyway, the, the lid of this thing slid off like it's on and off, which isn't a button on those. It was just, you hold your finger over it. Right. It was held together with tape. And I was like, okay, you know, it's in, it looks like it's in bad shape. I'm still going to give it a go. Go and hook it up. And I plug in my controller to the USB. That's the only way it registers controllers. Right. USB doesn't work. So now I can't use any controllers. So I had to send that one back. The lady didn't want to pay the shipping, even though it said in the thing, the buyer, or it said the seller will pay the return shipping. So I had to to call eBay to get that fixed. So then I say, okay, well, that didn't work out well on eBay. I'm going to give up on a backwards compatible console. I'm just going to get one of the newer ones and... Uh, you know they're all pre-owned because PlayStation, for some reason, why they don't make these and sell them for seventy bucks, I don't know. Why don't they make thirty million Woo editions? I don't know. So they don't make new ones anymore. So I bought. I went to GameStop.com and I found a blue version because I thought, oh, this blue version is a special limited edition,
1: collectible something. Yeah,
0: someone cared for this greatly. Yeah. Before they traded it, and so I'll you, order that. Well, sp-
1: to to express the fans, not to interrupt. You and I take very good care of
0: our things. Like yes, we, you, we, you you even kept your PlayStation Three under a towel. I
1: did <laughs> to keep dust off of it. Yes, when it was not being played. I did. I very very much so take pride and care in in all of my things. And uh, you are the exact same way, just like me. And so this, you know, it is. It's mind-blowing to you and I to see how other people can just treat their stuff like shit.
0: So, proceeds sorry. Well, especially these high-dollar game systems. Yeah, I exactly. mean, if you buy them new or whatever. Exactly. I can imagine, and what's, what's funny is when I get old NESs or SNESs or N64s, they're in good condition. Yeah. But it's these newer consoles. I don't know. People are just beating them the fuck up. Yeah. So, anyway, so I picked this limited edition. I paid... It was $20 more than the basic black, and I said, okay, I'll pay it. And it's GameStop, so I'm, I'll, I'm assured of an easy return. I can just take it to the store, get it, open up the box, Patrick, and I'm like, yes, it's back. And I open it up. It's a black version of the PlayStation 3. And it's it's a little CD cover door I thought was broken. Yeah. It turns out it just slides over, so I was wrong about that. But then I looked at it, too, and it was like scratches all over, and I was like... No. So basically, as soon as the UPS man dropped it off, I opened it up, looked at it, I was like, this has to go now. and took it right back. So that was earlier in the week, and so when the Woo edition was about to ship, I was like, uh-oh. Who knows what's going to show You're up. You're getting nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and because one of our friends got the standard edition uh, and got two season passes, or he got the deluxe edition, I guess, because you can't get the standard yet. That right. It comes out on the 9th. But he got the the deluxe edition and they accidentally threw in two season passes into his game so he lucked out but that made me think oh i'm gonna get this rick flair edition you're not gonna have all your shit it's gonna be missing a piece by the way i i listed some of the pieces that i don't want the super cards on on ebay and so if they're not in there then i've got to take the listing down and look like an asshole but uh they were in there and everything was good but you, you self-fulfilling prophecy, man. You, you called it. I you... called it back on August 16th. Well, and part of the problem of finding it, too, is that in all of those trailers and in all the news I read about this thing, it never said, pre-orders start this date. Yeah. It never said, you need to be ready on this date. And this happens with all a lot of game stuff in general. You just have to you have to dig. You have to look through message boards or know somebody that just knows when it when it, it's actually yeah. happening because I didn't think it would happen until month, you know, like we made those pre-orders in August or whatever and I just did it by chance cuz I was like expecting to go to gamestop.com and type it in and see when the Pre-orders started. Right, they were already the Xbox ones it, were gone. It was sold out. Yeah, and the PS4. I was like, well, I better do it now. When I talked with my buddy uh, Gregory, I came
1: back off the road from a show, and uh, I, was, I was like, man, I'm gonna swing by over there. And so I swung by, and I was like, hey, Gregory, man, I need to re- me, uh, I need to go ahead and put my pre-order down for you. He's like, oh man, we're we're not taking it anymore. We're we're sold out. And I went, no, the fuck, you're not. It's like, yeah, we really are. And I'm going dude it's august like the game was just in anna- the cover was just announced for this and he goes oh yeah we only we only held pre-order for like two weeks i'm going what the
0: fuck would have been nice to know yeah yeah so i hope you get that straightened out
1: oh if it comes and it's not the woo edition i'm kicking <laughs> somebody's ass like I, i'm going off gonna go
0: to stanford to the warehouse uh i will burn it down if you know, while we're talking 2K19, since I did get my edition, I just wanted to talk about my initial thoughts on the game. I haven't played through all the modes yet, um, but I did uh, receive the Woo edition. Uh, I really think the Hall of Fame ring is nice. I mean, it's a it's a tchotchke, It's a you know, it's just a, a freebie they throw in there to get you to buy the it's got game, a little but... spring
1: in it to reach any and all ring size people if you want to wear
0: it. Oh well it it's a it's a big ring. It's, it is a yeah. big ring. It's a
1: massive, yeah.
0: My girlfriend put it on her hand, and it was giant on her hand. And then I put it on, and there's you know just a little bit of space. I'm like, oh God, I've got fat fingers. <laughs> and then uh, the piece of the robe uh, that came with it—it's in a small little uh, plexiglass thing. It's like I, a little mini
1: shadow box, kind of, right?
0: Yeah, I guess that's. I got bit. a piece of the purple robe. The two options you didn't get to pick. You will get either the pink robe or the purple robe, and I got a piece with a bead on it. So there you go. You got a you got a rare piece. Oh yeah, I'm rare sure there's piece. no other beads on that robe. No. And uh, the super card stuff, like I said, I'm <laughs> gonna sell that. I don't play super card. Uh, I hear it's a great game from people that do, but I have no use to it. And before I get people, you know, tweeting at me that I'm a scalper or whatever, I would have sold these things. You know. I'd put them on eBay to see what they would get. If they got, if I got a bid for two dollars or whatever, and that was the fu- that's fine with me. Yeah. I'm not out to, I wasn't out to make money, but no. it turns out these things are actually valuable to people that play super cards, So I'm going to make out quite nicely on that. The Funko, uh, well, still yet to be determined, but it's up to. $45 for the Funko right now but for a Funko it's not that bad because I hate the eyes on those things I, I don't like Funkos we've talked about this before I, I don't like their Hey Arnold heads I don't like that they are just, they all look the same and just wear clothing to be different characters for the yeah. most part unless they're, unless they're like green or something, or some alien and so yeah. I just don't you know, like I said we have all these uh, great action figures from Mattel, all these defining moment things. That's way better to me than than the Funko yeah. thing. Uh, the game itself, um, no McFoley in the game. Any three versions, I, I failed to mention this the last uh, really couple of times. Yeah, no McFoley, no NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa, no Nikki Cross. You'll no- get them, I'm
1: certain, with the NXT add-on that you get in the season mode. The DLC.
0: Hopefully. Uh, I mean, uh, I would have thought he would have been day one. I mean, if he's got the belt, it seems pretty crazy that he wouldn't be in the game. And then, other omissions. Uh, the Wu edition bragged about a Starcade 83 arena, and um, yeah, about that. Uh, I played through the new tower mode, which is basically like Mortal Kombat, where you... You take one wrestler and then you you challenge one wrestler after the other. And it's a gauntlet. Yeah, it's a it's a gauntlet, but your your health you re- replenishes. You start a new match every time. Um, but there's sometimes there's stipulations like you can only win by submission. There's a timer in the corner. Sometimes you both start with finishers. Sometimes you've got like one finisher and he doesn't have any, or sometimes he's got two and you've got none. And different scenarios like that, and I played through the Ric Flair version, and the Starcade '83 arena. If this is what it's supposed to be, kind of disappointed. And I know that Starcade '83 was pretty low production value, so you don't have to do much. But if no you, set, nothing like that, just a carton. Right. If but if you didn't tell me that that was the Starcade '83 arena, I mean you could make that arena in creation mode. So I was a bit disappointed. Do you with have that.
1: the NWA logo across the uh nope. the mat? They didn't get approval to do that.
0: No, they well and they didn't even put that, that fake one that they've used in other ones. And uh Did you get that on the ring apron? No. The ring skirts, I mean. No, it it looks like a generic So it's just a off. blue ring and no black curtains. Black and, curtains. And he doesn't was his grand entrance with the lights and stuff, was that at eighty five? That wasn't that was at... it eighty three. Doesn't do that. It was eighty three and 84. he has four. He has no special entrance, and the version that you play with him through this tower mode. There are other versions. There's three different versions of him in the game, I think. Uh, but the version you play with him as, the version that came with the Wu edition, is him in a suit. So you're doing all these fights in a suit for Ric Flair, styling and profiling. Doesn't look that great of a suit, really. So you don't get, like... How many
1: flares do you end up getting? Just curious. Because you get, obviously, the one that's the downloadable one. Yeah, you Or you get, get two downloadable ones, right? Two? No,
0: you get two outfits, I think. And then you get the one of this guy in the suit. And then you get Ric Flair 91, and maybe one other version. I'm not sure about that. But, uh, I've only played with the guy in the suit. <laughs> so, uh well i completed the tower that was what was important because some of the getting points and stuff like you'd have to put on five star matches every time to meet some of the point things and i was just too lazy to to do that or whatever but i played through daniel bryan's story mode which has uh video pieces of him actually talking about his career and talking about they even have clips of ring of honor and being brian danielson and uh a velocity set from his match with uh john cena back in the day and then getting fired and then coming back and then getting fired again and he talks about how shitty the original version of nxt was and some of the matches are very difficult because you have a set list of objectives you need to complete at least they tell you how to do them because i would have been lost on some of them uh and there's one with randy orton that it took me forever because there was one thing it said send randy orton through a table on the ringside area so i said okay i'll just use the announcer's table that's a table it counts right did that didn't count so then i had burned my finisher and randy orton this rko is very difficult to counter to time out the the countering of it and so when he hits you with that you're fucked, you're done. Yeah. Unless you can kick out, which you have that little sliver of red to hit in that circle. And uh it took me multiple, multiple tries. And then sometimes you had to uh you had to use a kendo stick on him and put him in the yes lock with the kendo stick and that, that takes a finisher and you needed to do all of these things and some and when you would do some of them they would go to cutscenes and they would and then you would go on to the next objective. Oh,
1: it shows you actually like live footage from back in the day. Well, it shows
0: you the computer version. It shows you with the game graphics what happened in the match. But then, you know, what's weird about some of this, uh, so the commentary is still awful. I mean, they... The commentary during the story mode is good because they include details about, like... Where, about that but,
1: specific match or
0: yeah about that specific match and about the characters basically mm-hmm. where the the characters that are involved in the match are at that time in storylines like yeah. during Cena's match on velocity they're like next week he's challenging Brock Lesnar and you know like and they mention, like oh Randy Orton is getting ready to do this and like mention all this stuff or, or whatever what strikes me is weird about some of the matches some of the people that that did the commentary for the actual matches, Like, King and JBL, they're still on good terms with the company. So you have matches that Corey Graves didn't call, so he's doing JBL's lines. So it's just sort of weird. Or someone else, and you have uh, Saxton doing King's lines, and it's just kind of weird. I understand with, like, Velocity, you you probably don't have who... Like, Josh Matthews isn't around or whatever, but, like... When you get into, like, WrestleMania 30 and you hear, like, lines that you definitely remember JBL saying and Uh, not Corey Graves. It's very weird. It's lazy that they couldn't just cut in the actual clips or whatever. Also, one thing that's weird is this was just a minor thing, but, like, in the WrestleMania 30 match, they swap out referees for evil Scott Armstrong. And they include the clip of Stephanie... They include the audio of her ringside, I mean, within the game graphics of her saying, Scott! Like, Scott, get in there! But they don't have Scott Armstrong in the game to be the ref, so it's a guy completely different. So why include that? Doesn't clip? even look like him, does it? Yeah, no. None of the refs match. No gray hair, nothing. No, there's no Charles Robinson, I guess. There's none. There's no actual refs, which is very offensive to you as a referee. There's not a
1: referee in the, ma- in the game?
0: there's not one that's a you know a recognizable one they're just generic they're oh, the same generic. ones you know what they yeah. actually did and this is kind of cheap they took the ones from last year's game and shuffled them around with their shirts so like the world class ref from 2K17 or the the world class ref from 2K18 is now like old school ref 3 in 2K19 that's what they did they just shuffled them around typical laziness do you have any world class stuff still in the game? Or I'm just curious. well. I mean, you don't have the Von Erichs. You still have. Uh, I think you have a ring. You still have most of the rings and everything are the exact same from the last three years at this point. There's very little. We have Havoc, Halloween Havoc. Yeah, that's still in there. It's good. And then I just played a few singles matches. They still don't have Rick Rude's actual theme song, uh, so that's a bummer. Uh, so so far, uh, my impressions of the game. It's Still largely the same. They've added a few clever things like uh, a heel can do, like digging his uh, jocks for like nucks and stuff. Really? Yeah, like flare. Like it tells you that there's a tutorial thing that scrolls across the bottom and. I need to go. I have to go back online and look for these so I can remember how to do them. But like you're like
1: me, you just flip through that shit faster than hell. Didn't you?
0: Well, I read it at the moment, but then when it comes, you know, a week later, I'm not going to remember that. Yeah, or whatever. The reversals seem to be a little more fine tuned. You have to be a little, little bit better at, at timing them. They're not so easy to just. It's not just a reverse. Well, yeah, it's not just a reversal. After reversal, after reversal. You, you If you get caught missing a reversal, you're just fucked for a while. I mean, you yeah. just... Once you miss one or two, you're just going to get your ass kicked for a while. Backstage area looks the same. The frame rate is the best thing they've improved because the game feels a lot smoother. And that's probably my biggest takeaway of improvements to the game is that it's much smoother. The menu... Sucks because they used a white background and everything just looks washed out. And you'll see when we go in there and play it later tonight that it's just hard to read. The soundtrack yeah. still sucks, but I still have to go through... Is just... it the
1: same soundtrack or they, is it a new one? No, they, they got
0: a new one and, and the wrestlers actually picked out, allegedly picked out some of these songs themselves and even gave explanations as to how it relates to their lives or characters. And... uh but I'm gonna go through and go just like I do every year and swap it to where it just plays theme songs yeah um I wish that there was a way to turn the commentary off I really really do like I said there normally is but well no you can turn down game volume but I think it turns down like Ric Flair wooing and it turns down the crowd noise and I think it kills everything there's not just a way to take them out because my favorite you know title from newer gen systems was here comes the pain guess how much commentary there is in that game zero that's right they just play music through the matches just generic techno music or whatever Mm -hmm. and that's fine too because i it's just i like to hear the sound of the the impacts from the moves and the wrestlers if they make sounds or whatever if they talk i like to hear that but i don't want to just cut all that off Right. Just to get rid of Corey Graves and Michael Cole. The submission, get out, they still allow you to switch it over to where you can press buttons. Because I can't do that circle game, dude. I cannot do that fucking circle game. I know you're good with the circle I'm game. I'm good with the circle game, but I to,
1: to be able to prep and stay trained to be on key to keep up with you... I've now started swapping over, too. <laughs> well, I'm not, glad that you have to come
0: down to my level. If
1: not, man, I, you kick my ass. You, I forget you swap over to me. You lock me in a submission. I'm like,
0: oh, shit. You're yeah. ready for the circle game. Yeah. And then it pops up mash whatever button. Yeah. I like the button mashing better than the circle game. Yeah. That's just my my personal preference. And I'm glad that that's still in the game. Uh, but that's as far as I've gotten into the game. Uh, my overall grade—it's about the same as last year. It's nothing groundbreaking. Well,
1: not really the same if it hasn't. They took people out and didn't replace. I mean,
0: no, well, they added, no
1: foley at all.
0: Yeah, no three versions of foley. I mean, no at Vaughan least Yeah, I mean, no free birds. But this is the gripe we have every year. So. That's true. No Arne Anderson in a. Oh, in a
1: fucking Ric Flair edition game, no Arn Anderson. Yeah, pretty embarrassing. But we've already bitched about that, uh, and we will. You will hear us bitch about it for a year
0: later. Just so, so you know. What else do you have for us? From the that's news all I got, brother. Okay, uh, wanted to mention Neville. Long lost Neville has finally resurfaced in Dragon Gate over in Japan. Uh, going by his name, Pock is what he went by when he wrestled in Dragon Gate. He has a history with them. Uh, From what I hear, Dragon Gate had not been doing good in the last few years, so his arrival is is a big shot in the arm for them. And it's good to see him back. He looks in great shape, and he's still doing his heel character. And I think that WWE really fucked up with this guy. They did. uh, That's
1: one that they're going to truly, truly... He's going to get to the level of a Cody or somebody that, very but... quickly. I agree. That's one that they truly screwed up on. They fucked up and they're I think they're going to feel it. This week in in so as of a little nod to Ted Turner being sick, we're uh, we're going back to TBS, the superstation, Clash of the Champions 28. And one of the better class of champions, I think it's a very. Uh, I thought this
0: was a very good show. This, very, is, a-
1: this is a very high-rated show, from the likes of uh, Steamboat Austin with Dusty's return, Anoki, uh, one of his final in-ring matches of his career, and uh, Hulk and Flair. I just I feel it's a very from start to finish a very
0: rock-solid uh, episode. Much better two hours than last week's uh, review. I I would, yes. We needed this badly. This took place on Sunday, August 28th, 1994 at Cedar Rapids, Iowa at the Five Seasons Center. This was the night before the WWF ran a pay-per-view on a Monday. A little show called SummerSlam 1994 where we saw the Underfaker take on The Undertaker. Was That's our, true. Was our main event. That's true. And this was their answer. This was a better card, I would say, over. Well, no, because that, that had uh, Owen and Brett in the cage. So SummerSlam has them. They has had Chuck to Norris, too. He was a special guest enforcer. Of course. Exactly. Yeah, Tatanka and Lex Luger, Razor Ramon and Walter Payton. Oh, man, it's a hot card. I wonder Blaze and Bull Nakano. That was actually a good match, even that though was. you hated it. it uh, I will give them their props, but I'm just not a Bull Nakano fan. But for a free show on TBS, which would have been the only way I could have seen it, I was not watching wrestling at this time, but I do remember flipping through channels and I had sort of wondered what happened to Hulk Hogan and all those guys. And because I hadn't, uh, as a kid I didn't watch it regularly, I just remembered seeing Ultimate Warrior and I had his wrestling buddy and I I remember seeing Hulk Hogan and and all the stars of the, the WWF the fad of wrestling in the early 90s had dissipated basically and it kind of made me wonder well, where all where is hulk hogan now why does no one talk about hulk hogan yeah and so i was flipping through the channels and here's hulk hogan but he's in something called wcw yes and i was like is did the the, the, the wwf rename itself what's going on here right the shoe didn't quite fit, and he looked so different from the Hulk Hogan that I remembered, the enormous man. I mean, he was still... He uh, slimmed down. Yes, he had slimmed down, but... Age was catching up with him, believe it or not. Yeah, well, age will never catch up to the Hulkster brother. <laughs> but I do remember seeing him and just asking my dad, what, what happened here, or whatever, and he was like, well, it looks like he, uh, he works for them now. Then I tuned back out of wrestling. I, I didn't I didn't stick around. And so see well. for
1: us, man. I mean, we were an NWA household, so we were a WCW household. We were quite different than you. For me, I the Monday Night Wars. I didn't watch the Attitude Era. I watched WCW, and uh, and to see WCW uh, get the likes of Hogan and Savage. It was just uh it was great because here it is these legends that you hear about. I would have thought you would have been offended by that though. Well, not necessarily because it's the legends that you have heard about, but you never really like like you said, flipping channels you kinda watched a little bit. Like I knew Andre getting slammed by Hogan. I knew this unbelievable match between Savage and uh Steamboat. What I knew Ricky Steamboat for the most was Ricky Steamboat and Rick Flair. That was my my memories of these legendary athletes. That as a kid, I finally get to see them perform in front of me. And I've said it millions of times. Um, beautiful Bobby Eaton was one of my all time favorites, and will always be. And to be able to see, you know, Bobby Eaton go two out of three falls with with Flair for the title was one of the coolest things ever. And that was right before we started kicking it on up. So. We were a dusty household. We were a, you know, we were just a flat-out NWA household. When it started picking up here, and we started getting a little bit traction, we see the nasty boys come in. We see uh, the likes of Terry Funk come in, and uh, just it was,
0: it was awesome. Well, Terry had been in. He had come and gone for quite
1: a while. Yeah, because he had worked for uh, WWF for quite a while too. Then a lot of people don't remember. And so, yeah, I, uh, I don't recall that. You don't remember him working for WWF?
0: Not in the early 90s, no. The I'm late sure 80s he... start, started the 90s, yeah. I'm sure that he was on I a, would recognize he was on, uh remember?
1: He was on one or two,
0: WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 2. He was on one of the, the cards. I thought that was Dory Funk. And, no, it was Terry. Uh, Dory never worked for him. Oh, okay. So this aired the night before SummerSlam 94. And, uh, you know, getting Hogan was a huge... Game changer for WCW. Now I, d- I don't want to discredit NWA and WCW, but it made it made it Southern, legitimized it them. made
1: Southern wrestling credible. Not saying that they weren't, but it put us it put us on the map of a instead of a regional territory or a regional wrestling
0: because you've got the star
1: now. We have we have the eyes of like just like a Kaufman or just like a you know a. Celebrity per se, you know, Hogan was it in the eighties. I mean, there's no other. I'm, I'm not. Didn't, I'm not taking anything away from the likes of Dusty or Ric Flair. Or anything. Hogan was it, and there's not a true wrestling person out there that'll was, deny he, that he
0: was a rock star. Yeah. He
1: was the guy, and so our low, our you know, our closest connection to that was the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, the crowd just went absolutely crazy for Rock and Roll Express, and so. When we got Hogan in here, and it was just like, man, dude,
0: now well, you the, could say Sting was that's true. You they they say had Sting. hopes that Sting could be that's, their Hogan. That's very true. And as far as a big baby face, because Flair would be obviously the, the that count, yeah, but you're as right. a heel, you're right. You're, he's not going to sell merch.
1: Yeah, Sting, you're exactly right. Sting slipped my mind, and I apologize for that. But when you got Hogan, it was like, man, I even remember. Like Entertainment Tonight and you know daily news and stuff like that. They're showing video footage of the parade with <laughs> the Hogan, Disney World, the parade. Disney parade with Hogan. I mean, this was national stuff. Right? Riding in his Viper for him to have signed with WCW. This was national news, and so I just remember you know a lot more eyes were on the on the product. It started getting a lot more different from dimly lit arenas to bright studios and, you know, I just
0: remember... Well, and it also goes hand-in-hand hand with Bischoff it, that's being true. in charge of the production. And, and Bischoff, I will argue to this day, as much as Vince is a
1: brilliant wrestling mind, I do believe, other than uh, Vince McMahon, that Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman are two of the most brilliant minds in wrestling just because they're able to take something... And turn it into being magical. And turn it into being something memorable that stands out. It's
0: the same. Much bigger than it was intended to be. It's the same, but
1: it's different.
0: Yes. Well, because WCW actually overtook WWF as the number one wrestling promotion in the world. It's
1: old, but it's new. And I just remember, for me, you know, I've got my Steam shirt and I've got whatever, but... You're wearing it to elementary school, and then all of a sudden, man, you start looking over, and there might be two of us, or three of us, you know. Then out of nowhere, man, you got NWO shirts showing up. You got a lot of the Attitude Era guys showing up on t-shirts, you know, like Rock and Austin, and then kids wearing it to school. And it was—wrestling as a whole was booming at this point. I mean, it—
0: well, not ninety four. No, but, but I'm
1: saying when Hogan showed up, that it, was the. It spark. was a rocket ship. It was it was like hold on tight because here we go. And from ninety four to late ninety five, we're riding that gravy train on up. But then when Hogan turns, man, that that gravy train didn't go from steam. It went
0: from you know sparks, and it just took off like a rocket ship. And uh, going head to head on Monday nights and. Um just all of that combined. The competition the that com- yeah. made the products better and yeah. made pe- more people pay attention. Yeah. And gave us wrestling's biggest boom period ever. And, so.
1: and I don't think we'll ever see another one. I would love to see another one, but I just don't think it's possible. But we're right around this time. I mean, Hogan had just signed. We're right off the hills of the Tinker Day parade in Disney.
0: Bash at the beach wins the title in his first match against against Flair. Faces Flair a match that the WWF could never get you that the fans always wanted. They yeah. deliver it their very first time and right. Hogan gets the belt and Big Goldie still does look strange around Hogan's waist. It's not until he spray paints NWO on it that it it looks kind of. It looks okay on Hollywood as the NWO belt, but that big goldie on, on. Red and yellow just doesn't work, does it? It just doesn't feel right. The winged eagle belongs around Batman's right. waist, and he would put it on quite often in the WWF. That's probably why I think that, that it looks Bang more natural, hand, yeah. yeah. Now, we watch this on the network, of course, as we do most things, and up front we're greeted with a. Disappointing announcement that this is presented in the most complete form possible due to original production technical difficulties.
1: You had a couple of ideas as to why, but I was very upset over this. It was because I felt cheated. I felt like, you know, what
0: am I missing? What are what you am I hiding out from me? on?
1: Yeah, what the hell, you know? And and then I popped in my head you because I'm like, damn, dude, I picked this great show and. It's gonna bomb, you know. I, I screwed up.
0: Well, I didn't know how bad it was gonna be. All it was was they clipped the front of the show, yeah. from what I can tell. But even,
1: even, man, you start off with a technical difficulty. You're nine times out of ten, you're worried it's gonna, it's a sinking ship and it's gonna go down quicker.
0: We discussed this before we started the podcast. They use this sometimes on the network to actually edit shit off that they don't like. Right. And they blame it on technical difficulties, in quotation marks. Right. But then sometimes, I've heard stories that the WCW master tapes were in very poor shape when they got them. So, some of them actually did have legit technical problems when they... Sometimes the the machines ate the tapes, from what I... as, As far as the rumors go. And so, sometimes they actually do run into this. Uh, In this case, what I was presenting to you as my uh, theory is that the Braves probably had an afternoon game since it was on a Sunday. Uh,
1: TBS was always, the Superstation was always Brave country. Oh, that was, was, was,
0: the Braves were on no other station at the time. This would have been in baseball season, and so what I think happened is that they probably had double boxes with uh, the Braves commentators, like Joe Simpson or whoever it was at the time, Skip Carey, tossing to the the W C W thing in the intro and maybe some of that they they just wanted to just chop all that out.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I don't think that they can legally show it. Right, yeah. You start getting into legal rights and all that stuff. But I think
0: that that might have been what happens, or it might have just been an actual technical error. But it does kind of suck because as soon as that goes off the screen, that we have technical difficulties, the nasty boys are walking to the ring. Yeah. We're just right into this. We're
1: right. We are. We're right into it. Nasty boys come into the ring to take on
0: none other than Pretty Wonderful. That's right pretty Paul Roma, and Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. We have the Pauls. The pretty Pauls.
1: That's Pretty wonderful. Now,
0: did you notice this man in the red shirt just giving out to everyone? Do you know
1: who this man is?
0: Who was this man? He was definitely a wrestler. He was. Because I'll, he stands you, out. Do you know who he is? I'll give you a hint. Well, he looked to me like Jesse Ventura, sort of. You have a
1: BB on his shirt. That's all I'm saying.
0: Now, who's a
1: wcw wrestler from around that time with bb on it black top, oh my goodness black top bully
0: oh it was our it was barry darso it was barry darso oh see when you said bb i thought big boss man i thought we had the uh guardian angel was yeah, in the no. crowd but he didn't look like uh it was, ray trailer
1: right no it was barry darso
0: barry darso so okay so what was this
1: all about we're building up to his this was his whole thing. this was he him. started
0: as an angry fan.
1: Yeah, this was his whole thing was you know, he's a bully. He's a truck driver who's a bully, and so then he comes in and he's like, "You think you can do it, I can do it better." And there you go.
0: I couldn't identify him. I'm glad that you helped me out because I knew he was a plant. I mean, there's yeah. no oh, yeah. there's no way this guy in the red shirt. I mean, they would cut to him. you know, A lot. A lot, yeah. yeah. He didn't stay for the whole show, though. No. Because towards the end, he was gone.
1: After I do believe after Dusty, he was gone. Yeah. Uh, he was not there for Anoki, Regal, or Hulk and Flair, Yeah. So, so he, he wanted to get
0: home. Or if we even get to Hulk and Flair. Right. Little hint, hint, wink, 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 wink nudge, nudge. After we get the entrances, pretty wonderful, are the tag champs. This is not a tag team title match. No. Which is not something they would tell us until about halfway through the match. And I was like, fuck you guys. (laughs) Fuck you. Because you know. Free TV, can't give that away. Can't give it away, man. You know the Nasty Boys are the hottest tag team going right then. Boy, they were over. You can't. I, I can't ever call them great ring technicians, no. but they are always popular.
1: They, and the crowd was hot, man. They were hot. It was a small crowd, but they were
0: hot. Yes, I'm not exactly sure how many people fit in this place in Cedar Rapids, but they they were hot for the nasty They were, They loved them. They just they chanted nasty yeah. for them, which during the commercial break might have been uh, Gary Michael Capetta saying, chant nasty, chant nasty.
1: Could be. The could. most dangerous announcer in
0: wrestling. Tony says many WCW superstars could not be here tonight. What? Why would you tell us that? Why would you say that? What is the selling point of that, is saying And then out of nowhere... We're told, yeah, one of the biggest stars in the company, he's in Chicago. He's not here. Fuck you. Fuck you, then, the fans. Sting turned heel on us tonight. That's true. He'd rather go visit sick kids at a hospital, I think was the excuse. He was... He was visiting sick kids at the hospital, but you know what? I paid money for my ticket. I paid money for my cable subscription. He better be on TBS tonight. Just Tony mentioning that many WCW superstars couldn't be here, you should never say that. No, Ever. it makes you worry. Well, especially at the start of the card, yeah. yeah. Like, whatever. I just thought it was a stupid line. Oh, no, I'm with you. The Nasties double-team Orndorff and take out Roma as well. Knobs takes Orndorff and runs wild on him with elbows and strikes. Then Sags comes in with Roma, and he would spend the majority of this match in the ring as Nobs would just get to uh, rest for about 90% of this match. Yeah. Being Hogan's buddy gets you a lot of benefits in life, and that means your tag team partner has to get his ass kicked and do all the hard work. So Sags comes in with Roma. Sags catches a crossbody from Roma and slams him, but Orndorff breaks the cover. The Nasties have to chase pretty wonderful around the ring, which I wish they would have stopped and turned around and ran the other direction so they would have run into them.
1: That would have been great.
0: But they didn't. Roma jumps Sags on the ring mats and Orndorff chokes him with the cable. Hello, DQ, hello. Orndorff knocks Sags over the barrier into the crowd. This is when Bobby tells us this is not a title match. What the fuck? Then why are we watching this? Sags gets thrown into the steps and sells his eye forever on the outside of the ring. And Pee Wee Anderson is doing a terrible job doing a count a 10 count just was not in his vocabulary in this match peewee it's not just this
1: match but yeah as you, our first were... sign
0: of trouble with yeah. Wee anderson right roma hits a top rope elbow on sags when they get in the ring Pee Wee allows a blind tag Wee allows a blind tag and orndorff gets to work on sags in the ring then the red shirt fan keeps shouting at the camera barry darso very upset with this match Roma locks in a headlock to Sags. The heels double-team Sags. Keep him in their corner. Nobbs needs the hot tag. This goes on for the entire match. Roma gets a nice dropkick on Sags that he celebrates. I love it when guys get excited over their own moves. Orndorff tries a pile driver on Sags, who finally gets the hot tag to Nobbs as... You're not going to be able to pile drive uh, Nasty Boy Sags. He's a a little too big for that. uh, He's a big guy. Mr. Wonderful. So Nobs gets the hot tag. He runs wild. Oh, uh, Orndorff suplexes Nobs, who then gets hit with a swan dive from Paul Roma. This was an awesome double team move. More people should do this shit. While Sags drops an elbow on Orndorff, Sags, despite not being the legal man, pins Orndorff and Pee Wee Anderson counts counts it. He counts the three. And counted the illegal man, so it's a non-title match in which the wrong man won. Who? What the fuck? What yeah. the fuck, Patrick? Yeah. Thumbs down on the officiating Yes, yeah, this Pee-wee, match.
1: Yeah, Pee Wee was off tonight. And unfortunately, it was only going to go downhill.
0: I thought this was a pretty standard match uh, for Nasty Boys. You know, they're brawlers. I'm not expecting Bret Hart technical ability. But Sags is actually a pretty decent. I think Sags is the better wrestler of the two. I do Nasty too. Boys. Yeah. And he did most of the work, and he looked uh, pretty good at times. Yeah. Uh, Nobs didn't do shit. Like I said, being uh, Hogan's boy, he, uh, he was
1: outside of the match 90% of it, so I mean. Yeah.
0: Pretty wonderful. They had a couple of nice uh, double team spots, but for the most part it was kind of generic, and I mean, Paul Roma speaks for itself. I mean.
1: He was jacked during this match too, though.
0: Oh, both of these guys. This was before Mr. Wonderful's arm would start uh, deteriorating. Uh, His arm uh, atrophied over the years. And, you know, today he looks completely different. But this was before all that started happening. And so both of these guys were just jacked out of their minds compared to the Nasty Boys. Nasty Boys give (laughs) hope to people that look like me, you know, that anybody (laughs) can get in here and do this. Uh, I'm glad we didn't go to Pity City. Uh, I thought it was cool that the Nasty Boys were so over for, you know. This is technically sort of a heel-heel matchup, really, you know. I mean, the Nasty Boys are gross. (laughs) They never worked, baby, even though the fans loved them. They have a great theme song. They have the shirts. They have the haircuts, the mullets. This is what we talked about when we talked about tag teams, you know, that stick together, you know. that That just, they go together. It works, and people like that. Yeah. People don't like just randomly paired wrestlers and tag teams, or at least I don't. I mean, I do when it works, you know. I but at first I'm like, oh great, they're they're pairing they're pairing the great Khali with AJ Styles, great, you know. Right. Like, but if it turns out to be great, then I'll change my mind. The biggest news of the night: we have a Hulk Hogan hotline, Patrick. One 737 Hulk. And this one costs a dollar forty nine a minute. Compared to WCW's hotline, which was only 99 cents, that fucking Hulkster took 50 extra cents.
2: Hey dudes, Hulk Hogan's running wild on the WCW, and I want to tell you about it right now! Call the Hulk Hogan Hotline, 1-900-737-HULK! It's got eight incredible options, like Beat the Hulk, Hulk Trivia, and one of my great Hulk messages! There's always something new on the Hulk Hogan Hotline! Call now. one 900 737 Call cost $1.49 per minute. Kids get parents' permission. Charges will appear on the parent's phone bill.
0: He kept you on the line forever because you're playing trivia games with him. Oh, yeah. He had, like... Uh, fool the Hulkster he had all these kind of he had like eight different choices update on his
1: statuses you know what was going on with the Hulkster at this point in time hint hint wink wink nudge nudge you will find out why they played this right before the Hulkster comes out
0: Mean Gene is now at the entryway and introduces the Hulkster Hogan comes out and gets jumped by a man with a big stick Gene says give me a break It looks like someone gave one to Hogan. This was a Tanya Harding reference, as that happened earlier in nineteen ninety-four, where Tanya Harding had uh, Nancy Kerrigan's knee taken out with a guy with a pipe, and so that's.
1: Well, he had a pipe too. This uh, this masked man with the with a metal pipe uh, crushed in the side of the Hulkster's knee.
0: That's right. So, he's done. He's going to have to forfeit the title tonight. So, Jimmy Hart and the trainers just stare at Hogan's leg without doing anything to it. And I'm like, Hogan selling pain here also. I mean, God, this guy just does not like selling. He should be screaming. He should be crying.
1: Some legendary wrestlers out there to do nothing but watch him just lay
0: there. Right. Terry Funk, great seller. You know, sells an injury, shakes, you know, violently. Just... Hulk Hogan, I'm just gonna lay here. Oh, I think oh, I think my hamstrings hurting a little bit, brother.
1: Nick Bockwinkle's, you know, oh,
0: President Bockwinkle and Greg Gagne. Greg Gagne. You know, we've got an AWA invasion here as uh, Hogan just lays in pain, and the WCW brass just look on. We get Hogan chants from the crowd, which I I believe to this day were piped in because I didn't see a lot of mouths moving. But Mean Gene, Mean Gene. Goes on record as saying this is the most horrific thing he's ever seen. Okay, Gene.
1: I believe he'll, if you ask him about that today, he'll probably agree with it.
0: Yeah, I think after uh, September 11th, 2001, I think he might disagree with that statement. And I also think even in 1994, he sat down and watched Yokozuna eat. So that was the most horrific thing he'd actually ever seen. So, I have a lot of problems with Mean Gene saying that Hogan getting busted in the knee is the worst thing ever. It's horrible. They finally put a cast on Hogan's leg and bring out the stretcher. Bobby Heenan says, they're going to lock the doors to the building, which I thought, man, that's a massive fire hazard. What if this place caught fire and we've got all the doors locked because we're trying to find the man with the pipe? You know, and it's not like he would still be carrying the pipe around. And he was masked. It's you have no, nothing to go on. You have so, no
1: idea what he's wearing.
0: Yes. So who he is? So a doctor comes up to the Hulkster, and they say, well, "What about his knee?" And the doctor says, "We'll see about that." A fan in the crowd has a sign that was definitely planted. It says Hulk as an acronym. You know what Hulk stands for? What is Hulk? All these years, you wanted to know. Yeah. It stands for. In 2018, looking back, I don't think this was accurate. Humanity. Understanding. Loving. Kindness. Hulk. (laughs) That was a sign that was in the crowd that I'm sure a cameraman handed to somebody.
1: Hold this up, you'll be on TV.
0: Yes. Oh, you sit right there. The sign was. They take a break as Bobby... To my pleasure, has a great laugh at Hogan's misfortune.
1: Oh, Bobby hated him. Bobby's I loving this. Bobby's... This is a
0: great night. Bobby Heenan was on here. This was before he totally lost interest in WCW. That's true. Uh, he was. He, he was, was still motivated, he was, and he, he still hated Hulk Hogan.
1: He was still hitting his points very well.
0: Yes, he made a lot of great points throughout the night. He did. I didn't even note them all, but he was on fire tonight. Tony, Tony playing off of him, not so great. You know, you really need Gorilla there. I I,
1: I I, love Tony Schiavone, I really do. But he just he's not in the league with the likes of uh uh Bobby I Arbina, mean, uh, Bobby
0: Heenan. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, as far as a straight man to the comedy guy, yeah, he just doesn't know how to. He just doesn't know how to play along. No, and he's but he's also he's not like Mike Tenay where he's super serious. He's somewhere in the middle. And that's sort of the worst place to be. Yeah. Up next, the U.S. title match. Yes, the U.S. title will be on the line. It's good enough for TBS, but not the tag team titles. Those are too precious. We'll save that for another day. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is out in his dragon gear, which seemed odd to me because I didn't remember him ever wearing the dragon shit in WCW. This was my
1: favorite. I loved when he came out with the wings and with blow blow fire and... Blow what? He'd blow fire. Oh,
0: fire, okay. Stunning Steve Austin. You didn't see him blow fire? I saw him blow fire, yeah. But the
1: Dragon Slayer, Stunning Steve Austin. Yes, he
0: had it printed on his tights, so you know he was serious. Stunning Steve Austin is the U.S. champion. He's out next. They changed the rules for this match, and a DQ means that Austin will lose the belt. Would that come into play in this match? No, it would not. You never know, maybe We go to a split screen, of course. We can't focus on this match because the Hulkster is going into an ambulance. And who's going with him? Eric Bischoff. A sign of things to come. Who... Of course we knew they would be aligned later on in 1996. Of course we knew that because here we are. Stay tuned. Yeah. These two lovers going to the hospital together. Easy Only close family. And Eric Bischoff, please. Tony wonders if Hogan can wrestle... Um, No, Tony, he just got hit in the knee with a pipe. He cannot. Is he going to be able to make it back here and wrestle later this evening? This is Tony's only concern, really. Stunning Steve is wearing his Dragon Slayer tights. Steamboat works a side headlock on Austin for a while. The audio is fucked up while we hear what happened to Hogan, so we can't hear shit. Some, uh, Some guy came over to Bobby's mic and talked into Bobby's mic and told us what happened to Hogan, but we couldn't hear him. So, yeah, it wasn't loud enough. We yeah. were trying to get it
1: to pick up, but it just wasn't loud enough. It wouldn't pick up.
0: Yeah, so Bobby tells us what he told him, which was someone hit Hogan with a pipe. And his career could be over. Could be. What a bad luck they had. They just signed this guy. Hulk- they gave him creative control, all this money. Hulkamania's dead. It's that de- He will never wrestle again, never. ever. Never, never. Steamboat puts Austin down with drop kicks and a power slam for a near fall. We go back to split boxes. The ambulance is now leaving, everybody. The ambulance is now leaving. The holster
1: has left the building.
0: Heenan says, take him to the edge of town and dump him. (laughs) (laughs) Which I loved. That made me laugh, actually. (laughs) Steamboat and Austin exchange near falls. Steamboat then hits his deep arm drag into an arm bar. Barry Darso is very upset by this and gives Steamboat some shit the camera. Some sloppy Mad changes between Steve and the dragon before he locks Steve in another arm bar. Steve and Ricky fight on the floor and Steve runs right into a clothesline because Steamboat did run around the other side of the ring and just clotheslined the shit out of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steamboat locks in a sleeper and Steve Austin here hits a jawbreaker that looked a lot like a move we would see later on in his career. It looked very, very similar. Almost. The exact same thing... Almost. ...as a Stone Cold Stunner. Oh, by the way, in 2K19, John Cena's Springboard Stunner is in the game. Oh, shit. And it actually connects in the game.
1: Oh, he doesn't miss it this time. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it'd be great if they put it in and he only missed it. (laughs) Tony informs us. Sting, despite being at a hospital with sick children, was not paying attention to sick children. He was watching TPS. He heard what happened to the Hulkster. So you know what he did? He jumped in his plane (laughs) and is flying to Cedar
1: Rapids. He either
0: has a pilot's license, has a private plane, or just lucked out and there was a flight going to Cedar Rapids at that very moment. So he is flying. Yes. To Cedar Rapids. Yes. To check on the holster. Yes. His his good buddy that he just met. Not even a month and a half ago. (laughs) And this is sort of what Jericho actually did at All In, because he had a concert in like Kansas or somewhere, and yeah. hopped in a plane to go do that run-in spot at All In to promote his cruise, and then hopped in a plane and flew to Blip- his Fozzie show. Yeah. Steamboat does a variation of Undertaker's old school, but he jumps off the back of the ropes and goes to the floor and snaps Austin's arm on the ropes. I can't say I've ever seen that move done. It was,
1: d- it was very impressive. Cool. It I- was very impressive.
0: Then he hits a top turnbuckle chop to Austin, of course. Barry Darso yells at him again. Austin just paintbrushes Steamboat and rams his head into the mat. He works a headlock on Steamboat and pulls at his nose. Ouch. Chop battle before Steamboat takes him down with a shoulder block. They both counter back suplexes by flipping out of them, and Steamboat clotheslines him, but Austin gets knees up before Steamboat can splash him. Austin hits a huge second rope knee to a down dragon, but only gets a two count. We get a snap suplex to the dragon for two. Austin gets crotched on the turnbuckle. A superplex to Austin is countered by Austin, who throws Steamboat to the mat. This would be a very, very important move in the history of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's career. But when Austin comes off the buckle, he gets a strike to the chest, followed by a facebuster... Steamboat tries the top turnbuckle cross, but just hits the mat face first. Ouch. The man in the red shirt, Barry Darso, is now cheering Austin on. Austin paintbrushes Steamboat some more. Then Steamboat quits selling, lands several punches to Austin, three double chops for a two count, spine buster for two, electric chair drop for two, inside cradle for two. Steve tries a power bomb, but gets hit with a backslide for two. Sunset flip for two. Austin then chucks Steamboat over the ropes, but... Steamboat avoids the DQ because this would have actually cost Austin the title. Had he fallen and hit the ground, this would have been a DQ and Austin would have lost the belt. So, Steamboat cost himself the belt for a moment here and skins the cat. Had he just fallen, he would have been the champion. Yep. But Steamboat can't win like that. This man has a face through and through. Steve goes for a scoop slam but an inside cradle is his doom, and Ricky Steamboat is the U.S. champion for now. A terrific match, very fast-paced, lots of logical near-falls. E- I wish that Steamboat had hit his finisher. Yeah, It's too bad the commentators were too concerned with Hulk Hogan and going to the hospital yeah. to pay attention to this awesome match, but for a TV match, for a title match, I thought this was great. Even with the Hogan shit, this is Match of the Night. This is a fantastic match. This This is. This match would hold up today if they Uh, put it on. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Now, sadly, this is the final televised match of Ricky Steamboat's career. Until he comes back with Jericho many, many years later. Because when he got shoved off of that superplex, he fucked up his back. And this would cause him to eventually retire. He worked a few more house shows, but uh, was... uh, fired in, I believe, September of that year by FedEx, which was a popular Eric Bischoff firing mechanism. He loved FedEx firing his employees, and it would be many, many years before we saw Ricky Steamboat back in the ring, and he had had to vacate the title. A great way to go out here. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell that he was injured. No. For a guy that was injured, Didn't I didn't notice it at all. No. We talked about how great it was that Hogan came in and how great it was for the business. Indirectly, it was great for the business, and that it sent Austin to the WWF, and he became a megastar. Yeah. Because with Hogan in this company, he was going to go nowhere. Right. But he looked great here too, and he was young, and he still had hair, and he had just uh, kept up with Ricky Steamboat, who's an all-time great. And oh,
1: speed for speed, I I absolutely think he kept up with him the way Flair does. It was just. He hung in there nonstop, workhorse. I mean, it was, it's a phenomenal match.
0: Yeah. Especially for, as I said, a TV match. Yeah. Like, it is a
1: phenomenal match. Unfortunately, while, like you said, while it was good for Hogan coming in, it was also bad as well because WCW would later lose, you know, stunning Steve Austin. Right. And, uh, which would have unfortunately be the downfall of them
0: later <laughs> on because there's... Funny how that works. Yeah, You make well, a move that takes you to the top that indirectly sends another guy over that takes them to the top and takes you down, basically. Takes you down, yeah. I
1: mean, I would love to say that there was multiple people involved in that, but, I mean, the real true shot in the arm was when Austin was feuding with Brett, and that's when people were like, oh, fuck, this dude's going to be hot, you know.
0: WWF didn't take back over until the middle of 98 yeah. so it was a while You know they had a good run uh, but they just never built any stars and it was no. because of guys like Hogan can't lay down for him brother <laughs> we come back from break and Mean Gene is with Bobby and Tony and Mean Gene says he just can't believe what he saw Hogan we have a camera crew with Hogan we sent a whole production crew to the hospital we with did. Hulk Hogan
1: we see him Getting yeah. unloaded and rolled in
0: on a stretcher <laughs> into the ER. Yes. With Brother Brutus and Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart. Yes. And Bischoff grabs the mic and says, "Hogan felt something snap in his knee, and uh, well, I'll give you more updates as we know them. I, I, that's all I know so far."
1: And throws the microphone and takes off
0: running into the hospital. Mean Gene will have Commissioner Bockwinkle. When we come back, President Bachwinkle. Honky Tonk Man's music video debuts next. Yeah, trust me, you've heard it before. Yes. <laughs> we come back from break and we get the Honky Tonk Man music video. Did you throw- It's called Honky Tonk Baby. It's not as good as his WWF theme, but it's... It's, it's the exact same. It's thing. almost the exact same with different Words. lyrics, yes. <laughs> now, Honky Tonk Man would tease this debut, but never make it. So he challenged Johnny B. Bad for the TV title, and left due to a dispute with management. In his book, Controversy Creates Cash, Bischoff states... His favorite firing was that of the Honky Tonk Man. Honky has responded by saying it was an honor, as Bischoff had fired a number of people while in WCW... until he himself got fired, so... It's just some kind of contract dispute, so... He wrestled Johnny B. Bad, and that was it. One match. Yeah, as far as I can tell, he... I don't think he ever made it to pay per view or anything, so this was they they put they probably spent more time on this music video than he did in the ring for WCW. I now
1: want to see this match.
0: We come back from break and we get the honky tonk man music video, yes, honky tonk baby. Coming soon? Or not. President, <laughs> Wait and see. President Bonk President Bockwinkle is with Mean Jean. Nick doesn't know shit about Hulk Hogan. He says, if Hogan can't defend the, the title tonight, I'm sorry. That's, I gotta strip him of it and give it to Flair. That's that's what I gotta do. I'm looking for other solutions, but that's what I gotta do. Mean Gene, then, insinuates that Flair ordered the hit on Hogan. How presumptuous of you, Mean Gene G. There is no proof, evidence <laughs> or proof. Innocent until proven guilty, man. That states that fact. We go to break.
1: You know, that's slander. He could get sued.
0: Yeah. Don't fuck with Ric Flair. That's right. He'll come after you. We go to break. Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes, The American Dream, and Gold Dust. We'll team up for the first time ever at WCW next. Listen here, baby. The American Dream
1: is tired, thick and a thin. My blood, my kin, my son, Dustin, getting bullied and took advantage of.
0: Yeah, the natural. Now, Dusty gives a great promo to Dustin about neglecting him throughout his life. It almost felt like a shoot for a few moments there where he's like, I'm sorry I had to leave you, baby. (laughs) I had to go wrestle and make money and then come back. And then I had to go again and just... I'll include the promo here. But it's it was, a great
1: promo. It is up there with none other than Hard Times and Wine and Dined with Kings
0: and Queens. But then he, he turns his attention to uh, Dustin's foes. Bunkhouse Buck. It's better if you say it, but... Bunkhouse Buck. You're nothing but chicken thieves. And Terry Funk, you're nothing but chicken thieves. <laughs> <laughs> and Terry Funk is a watermelon thief egg-sucking dog that egg fucking dog <laughs> Arn Anderson ddt Dustin so to hell with him to hell with Arn Anderson it sounded the like to hell with all nothing. to hell is- with that egg fucking dog
3: I want everybody to bear with me just for a minute I want to talk to my son in front of the whole world When you were born, when you were a baby, and when you were born, I went off to seek my fame and fortune. I neglected you. Then later on, when I became world's heavyweight champion, I neglected you. Then lately I became this corporate cowboy, if you will, in public with a suit and tie on, and I neglected you. And when it came down to choose a partner, I was off in Hollywood, and I neglected you. Let me tell you something. Bunkhouse Buck, let me tell you Colonel Parker, they all nothing but chicken thieves. That's all they are, brother. Let me tell you something else. Terry Funk is nothing but a low-life, watermelon Melon Thief egg sucking down. and let me tell you something about iron anderson iron anderson my son offered up his innocence and you paid him back in scorn the hell with you iron anderson iron anderson has never been nothing but I walk behind her and when you walk behind and you're not a leader then the view never changes baby the view never changes baby the view never changes you have the ability to be the world's heavyweight wrestling champion there is not a greater athlete at your age in this sport but I I would ask your favor I want to ask your favor in front of a God in the whole world, I know that the Clash of Champions on August the 24th, you put your name on the dotted line. I don't want you to look for another partner. I don't want you to go and find another man. I don't want you to go out and get on your knees and beg another scum-sucking pig to be your partner. I'm asking you if you can carry this all out of shape Oh Ben Out, oh spindly legged man, I want to be your partner. I don't need no handshake. Because out there right now tonight there's there's people with their brothers and their sisters and their wives. They are blood. The Kennedy's were blood. The herbs were blood. The roads are blood. I don't need a handshake. What I need now from you is just a hug and a kiss to seal the deal, baby.
0: This was a really great angle. Uh, I wish I had seen more of it. Probably if there was an opening package to this show, I would have known more about it. But this was an awesome promo, and it made me invested in the match, even though they're wrestling oh, it is, it the is, stud stable, who I could give a shit less about. It is Carrie
1: literally... its It'll give you chills, believe it or not. You know, there's a couple of promos that you think back to guys, and uh, this... For me personally, this is one that I just, I remember live it happening on TV, on the Superstation, building up for Clash of Champions. I remember this exact moment sitting on the rug in front of our tube TV. Yes, we had a tube TV with a clicker channel changer that we actually had to do by hand. And watching this, I remember the exact moment of this. And as a young five-year-old, That leaves an impression on your career.
0: Dusty asks Dustin to be his partner, but he doesn't want a handshake. I want a hug, baby.
1: That's right. You hug family, baby.
0: And Dustin hugs, and they seal the deal. And the crowd goes nuts. Terry Funk and Monkhouse Buck are out with Colonel Parker. It's the Stud Stable, WCW's version. We go to commercial, and then the natural and Dusty Rhodes come out. They immediately start brawling with the stud stable. The crowd is super hot for this, because Dusty's in it. The heels get shit-canned to the outside immediately. Dustin and Buck square off. The heels beat down Dustin in their corner, but Buck knocks Funk off the apron, and Dustin goes back on offense to the crowd's delight. They want Dusty to tag in, and he does. He starts juking and jiving and getting the crowd fired up. It's just amazing what this guy can do with, with oh, so little.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he can find gold in a turd I swear to god, this he is that great
0: Bionic elbow to Buck He wants Funk, but Funk stays on the apron Bionic elbows to Funk and Buck as they come in Double elbows to them and Dusty is just rolling Dusty throws Funk into Buck in the corner This is very difficult to not say fuck uh, <laughs> Dustin comes back and power slams Buck Boot from Buck to the back of Dustin's head slows him down Funk fucks up a DDT to Dustin, and then Dustin tags in Dusty, but Pee Wee didn't see it, so it's not allowed, despite in the earlier tag match tonight allowing a blind tag. No no this time it doesn't doesn't fly. Buck boots Funk by accident. Dusty tags in. Arn Anderson comes out and trips Dusty. Bunkhouse Buck and Terry Funk drop Rhodes down, and Funk stomps his arm so he can't hit his bionic elbow. Dustin gets the hot tag and runs wild. Clotheslines the stud stable. Bionic elbows the heels. Parker gets knocked down by Dustin. Bulldog to Buck. Arn interferes though and DDT's Dustin and that gets the DQ called for. Dusty and Arn fight until Ming shows up. Dusty just leaves Ming to stand and pose. Dusty though gets a wooden chair, comes in to smash Ming over the head. He does and Ming just no-sells it and beats the shit out of Dusty then applies the vicious Magna Claw to Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty is,
1: uh, he held his breath for this. This is how great Dusty Rhodes is. He knows the camera angle is going to be right on his face. He holds his breath till he actually makes himself blue in the face. And sells
0: this Magna Claw that well. Dustin tries to save him, gets stomped. Then uh, Ricky Lancaster gets beat up by Ming. And then the heels, they just run wild. This match was good. So good. The angle for it, everything... And it, I thought it was gonna be a good match, but then they just said, "Ah, DQ finish. It's on Clash." Fuck yeah, it. yeah, it was hot. They match. wasted. They wasted a great Dusty promo, a hot crowd for you know a fuck finish.
1: And this match it was so hot, and actually, it just like it's such a memorable moment to Dustin to this day that on his little photos that they do on the WWE Network, they show him in the ring with Dusty where Dusty's asking to be his tag partner and he says that's one of his most magical moments ever with his father and it, it's it really this match was the reason truly I picked this and uh, I I needed some Dusty in my life and I just I love this it really is it was done very well I just wish we had gotten a clean
0: finish Dustin covers Dusty to protect him from the heels oh what a good son crawls
1: over his his father...
0: Beaten body. The dream
1: is knocked out. The natural... He's, he's passed out. Protects the dream. And the natural crawls over his beaten father and is, is protecting him from getting kicked or stomped anymore. The natural is taking it all himself.
0: Enormous heat for the finish, though. So they oh, did, man, dude. The crowd did uh, eat up the finish. But, yeah, a clean finish would have been... Because this... This is a great match. This should have been the complete story should have been told here. Yeah, really. this was this was a great match. And then move on to Arn and then Ming or whatever, you know. Eric Bischoff gives us an update on Hogan. Says he still doesn't know anything. Thanks for the update. Henry Holmes, Hulk's attorney, says he's getting an x-ray. His attorney says he's going to have to vacate the belt. That's what they say. Hulk will get the first title shot, though, if he vacates the belt. But Hulk told his attorney he insists on wrestling tonight, despite being at the hospital. Brother Brutus says nothing can change Hulk's mind.
1: Well, you know something, baby? Whenever you get in there and you start talking with the Hulkster, he's crazy, brother. And he's all about doing this right here, baby. And so, none other than the mouth of the South Jimmy Hart and Brother Brutus, we will be there with the Hulkster later on this evening because you can't change his mind, baby.
0: That was terrible, but still. Mean Jean brings out the nature boy with sensuous sherry. Flair doesn't care if Hogan was a mishap. And he doesn't want the belt handed to him. He wants Hogan to come in here and hand it over and say, Ric Flair, you're the greatest of all time. <laughs> Which was an awesome Ric Flair pro.
2: Oh,
1: it's, I hope you put that in here too, because it is beautiful.
0: Sherry says she's just here to dance on Hulk's grave. Sadly, in 2018, Hulk can dance on her grave. Oh.
2: Let's address two things. If you don't shut up, I'll talk. The first is this, I am an 11-time world heavyweight champion, and I came here tonight to wrestle for the world heavyweight championship. If Hogan has a mishap along the way, that's not my problem. Not by a long shot. The second problem I have with this whole scenario is Nick Bockwinkle tells the world that if Hogan can't wrestle, they're gonna hand me the belt Rock, Hogan, if you can hear me, you listen up! If you're in that hospital in downtown City reference, I want you to walk down that aisle! Hand me! Hand me! the world championship and say, Ric Flair, you're right. You are the greatest of all time. The queen came here for one reason. What was it, queen? Hulk Hogan, I came here to see the rapist tonight by Ric Flair in order to dance passionately on your grave. And that is exactly what I am going to do! Hogan,
0: walk the
1: aisle! Dressed in black, she's all... She's mourning the death of Hulkamania. Hulkamania has died again.
0: It's always on... It's constantly facing the threat of death.
1: It really... It's a very... I would not want to be around
0: Hulkamania. It's no, a very I, dangerous thing. Yeah, the power of it, man. The power it's, is terrible. With great power comes great responsibility. That's true. Antonio Anoki, that's right... You know, the founder of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's going to battle Lord Steven Regal next.
1: The WWE Hall of Famer Antonio Minocchi will That's be right. taking on. That's right,
0: Japan's version of Hulk Hogan. Hogan says he's on the way back to the Five Seasons Center. So, okay. Call the hotline for updates. The WCW hotline. It's only 99 cents a minute. So, unlike the Hogan hotline, you can save 50 cents. one nine hundred nine oh nine ninety nine hundred. 909 9900 Regal, the TV champ, is out first in another non-title match with a champion. It is a clash of champions, though not all champions are created equally, apparently. They take a break, and then Anoki makes his entrance to a dubbed-over theme song. I wonder what he actually came out to. I was curious about that myself. But whatever he came out to here was clearly fake. And listen, this is
1: it. This is the ride to the sunset for his career. He's on
0: his way out. So. This is his farewell tour, as he wants to get into politics. So he's winding down his in-ring career, and he wanted a shot at that English Carney bastard William Regal. The last of the Carneys. he said. Fuck this guy. I want to just smash this guy. And Regal said, you know what, I'd like to smash this guy too. And this is the best shape I've ever seen William Regal in here. Oh, he's also very young. He so. is
1: slim. He is, he's just very ripped. I'm not talking about muscle tone, but just very chiseled in the fact that he is he's he's ready
0: to go. Oh, he's ready, because as soon as the bell rings he starts stomping Anoki and Anoki has to roll outside to figure this out. Anoki comes in, lands a shin kick to Regal, then a smack, then stiff European uppercuts to Anoki who no sells them, and then kicks him like all of this is strong style shit from both of these guys. They're just beating the fuck out of each other this whole match. Anoki uh, locks in a deep standing rear necked choke for a second, then gives it up. Then more European uppercuts to Anoki from Regal. Regal headbutts Anoki, then kicks him, takes him to the ground. Stiff kicks to Anoki, and he goes back to the ground. Regal kicks Anoki into the announcer's table. Anoki uh, takes a shot from Regal's manager. I forget who it was. It wasn't Jeeves here, it was some other guy. Regal gives some knees to Anoki and takes him back to the ground. Regal goes for a leg lock, as we cut away, of course, because we need to see what's going on with hulk hogan in split boxes he's back in the arena the hospital was apparently right down the street patrick so he's already back apparently the ambulance gives you a ride back home too i didn't know that is that true i was not aware of that (laughs) did you when you've ridden in ambulances have they ever said we'll just take you home no it was like here you go get the fuck out figure a way back and here here's a bill for 40 grand yeah Anoki makes it to the ropes from the leg lock enoki just lights regal up with nasty strikes bockwinkle comes to the ring as Anoki had regal in a rear naked choke bockwinkle says everyone told hogan not to wrestle and we're not responsible for what happens if he comes back out here tonight meanwhile regal is kicking the shit out of antonio Anoki, and we're talking about hulk hogan here <laughs> Anoki back body drops Regal, then puts Regal into a grounded sleeper. Regal kicks the shit out of him again, hits a double underhook suplex, stiff uppercuts. Then Anoki locks in the choke sleeper, as it's called, or a rear-necked choke. The ref raises Regal's hand once and declares Anoki as the champion in this non-title match. But the title wasn't on the line. And according to Regal and everyone else, he legit put Regal to sleep. Regal refused to submit, thought it would look better that way, and let another yeah, choke him out.
1: He choked him out. It really, and he truly choked him out.
0: And It so, went along with the rest of the match. If you're gonna fucking... It looked like a shoot fight, really. really did. In a lot of ways. I mean, a worked shoot fight. It but was like,
1: very close grappling. It was very... It, it
0: was more... It was like an MMA fight almost. Yeah, it
1: was more Greco-Roman wrestling with with a lot of MMA strikes. It really truly was a a very aggressive style match. I'm sorry, I love Steamboat in Austin though but this is a very very close second
0: yeah it's a very close second to me as well and I was actually surprised because I kind of thought since this was on Anoki's farewell tour that it wouldn't be anything special and Regal wasn't exactly a push star I know he he had a belt but yeah you know he was never a really push star in WCW he even he got into some feuds with Sting and he would flirt with the top every once in a while but yeah. never never a pushed guy uh, and so I didn't expect much from this, but it actually really surprised me. And, yeah, a close second, but I think Austin and Steamboat s- slightly better. Yeah, uh, but it, it
1: still is an, a great, great match. And the, one of the reasons that is is, I mean, Japan's greatest. Uh, he, I don't think I've seen a Japanese star any, ever any, be any better. Yeah. Um, I can't think of personally, and that's no offense to you know any others or anything like that. well,
0: I'm not gonna say that because I'm not familiar enough with the rest of the Japanese scene because from what I've heard other uh critics of Japanese wrestling or other enthusiasts of Japanese wrestling or they kind of see Anoki in the Hogan role, yeah, and that he's not the most talented, but he was he was the biggest star, and there's no denying that, yeah. And he did start New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, I mean, his legacy will always be cemented in starting uh, the second biggest wrestling company in the world, you know, that still exists to this day. So. He's only 75. Gosh. I would have thought he was in his 80s. He looked great in this match. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah.
1: He looked. I mean, he did. He looked phenomenal in this match.
0: So, uh, 24 years ago. So, he would have been. Fifty. Fifty man, he was fifty Dude, for fifty one he looked awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right, fifty one, yeah. Almost the Undertaker's age. Basically Hunter's age. Hunter's forty nine, so crazy. Dude, he looked, he did. He he looked like a beast. He
1: really truly did.
0: Call the Hogan Hotline already. Why haven't you done it? It's only a dollar forty nine. It'll show up on your parents' phone bill. Just do it already. One 737 Hulk. We come back from break and Tony bills the biggest return match in the history of WCW. Always one for hyperbole. Uh, Mr. Shivani would never lie to us. He always. Oh hell no! He only did it every other week. Michael Buffer is here for the WCW title match. Pee Wee Anderson is the ref, so expect some shenanigans. Oh, man. Who actually got a bit of a pop when uh, Buffer announced him, but did they not see what he did earlier tonight? Oh, man. Bockwinkle, you should have made the switch here, buddy. Flair is out first with Sherry. Buffer calls him a future Hall of Famer. He's right. I have his ring right over there. (laughs) The 11-time champ is here. Flair grabs the mic and says, "Hogan, bring me the title now, Hogan! Come on, Hogan! Woo, Hogan!" And we go to break, and I imagine during this break he kept doing this the entire the time. Whole time. Hogan!
2: Hogan! Hogan! Where are you bring me the title now? Bring me the title now. Hogan! All right, fans, we will... Hogan! Woo! We will have the introduction of Hulk Hogan, Hogan. right after this timeout. Keep your mouth shut, punk. On the clash of the champions on TBS. Keep your mouth shut.
0: So, Flair was just stirring the crowd for probably three minutes. Hogan's WCW music hits, but he doesn't walk through the curtain. Finally, He's Jim- American made. Finally, Jimmy Hart, Brother Brood and Hulk Hogan come out, and he's in his gear. And a knee brace, no, not quite a knee brace, just some ace bandage. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> for a ter- for a uh, a pipe shot to the knee, wrap it up. Just good. wrap it up in an ace bandage. Keep going. This
1: uh, this python leg, it can it can do plenty.
0: Hogan gingerly strolls to the ring and then jumps Flair like a baby face would, huh? (laughs) He attacks Flair in his robe still. Flair can't even get out of his robe before Hogan is beating him before the bell rings.
1: I felt bad for Rick because I'm like, that's a $50,000 robe he's ripping the shit out of.
0: (laughs) He managed to get it off without it getting ripped, but I was like, Hogan is about to rip his robe, and then I think Flair would legit punch him in the face. (laughs) literally... (laughs) Hogan no-sells a chop, tears the t t-shirt, and, and goes to raking the eyes and stuffing the bandana in Flair's mouth. It's like this guy... <laughs> He's working
1: heel more than the heel. Yes!
0: <laughs> the dirtiest player in the game, my ass. Have, ha, have you ever seen Flair stuff shit in people's mouths? <laughs> then he bites Flair. He does. And then decides, you know what, I guess I'll sell my hurt leg. And so he hobbles around the ring. Flair flips to the outside and face plants on the ring mats. Hogan no-sells some chops some more, steals a towel from a fan, and uses it to whip Flair into the post. Heenan throws out that Hogan could be faking his knee injury, which makes total sense, and Bobby Heenan is on to something based on how Hogan is fighting here. He's he's limping, but he's moving good. Yeah, he's Shawn Michaels doing a moonsault after uh, WrestleMania 13 or whatever. On, off his the bad, off of, on his bad leg Yeah, Hogan brings the towel into the ring and clotheslines Flair with it and that's fine Pee Wee, that's fine just do that covers Flair with the towel for a pinfall and Pee Wee lets it go with a warning which Tony mentions oh, it's rare you see Hogan get a warning well, when you wrestle like this damn right you should have been DQ'd about five times already <laughs> flair gets caught off the turnbuckle and slammed surprise surprise hogan knocks flair out of the ring and into the ring steps which were center of the ring hogan does the back rake on flair oh vicious on the entryway Pee Wee doesn't have a count going at all nope in fact he just gets out and follows them hogan headbutts flair in the aisle way hogan throws flair into the post and grabs a chair that's right hogan the face who's injured grabs a chair, and is going to bash Ric Flair's skull in. It's a big padded chair, but he throws it and misses. Luckily, it hits the guardrail, not a fan. Flair finally goes on offense and posts Hogan up for a delayed vertical suplex, and I'm like, oh, man, that looked great. Hogan immediately stands back up from it, not even a second on the ground. He clotheslines Flair and drops some elbows. Flair does the Flair flip followed by a Hogan clothesline, and he falls to the floor as Sherry consoles him. This is where an old woman hits Hogan with a cane, which appeared to be legit, and she gets escorted out of the arena to booze. This 70-year-old woman had her walking cane and did not like what Hogan was doing. She did not. And hit him with with it and and got kicked out. Didn't get to see the finish. She didn't miss, miss much. No. She totally it was totally worth it. Whoever this old lady is, I'm sure she's probably not with us any longer. It was totally probably the highlight of her life and congrats.
1: Her grandkids are telling stories. Hey, you remember when grandma did this? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's on the network forever now for everyone to enjoy. They get in the ring and Flair stomps Hogan's bad leg. Sherry leg leg drops Hogan in the dick behind Pee Wee's back. She does. Flair does his running knee drop to Hogan's leg. He wrenches on Hogan's leg. Tries the figure four. Hogan kicks him down. Flair chop blocks Hogan. Heenan begs for Hogan to forfeit. There's no shame in losing to Ric Flair. He's the greatest. Just forfeit. Flair takes the bandage off Hogan's knee and stomps it some more. Goes for the figure four again in the center of the ring. Hogan hulks up. Pries Flair's leg off the figure four. But then thumbs Flair in the eyes. Yes, Hulk Hogan. Dirtiest player in the game. Thumbs Ric Flair in the eyes to break it up. But Tony's like, oh no, he totally pried off his leg. No, he did it with a thumb to the eye as well. Hogan starts hulking up for real. As he hobbles around the ring, he does the point, three punches, a big boot. But before he can give him the big leg, the big leg, it gave out. It gave out. But he gets up. That big boot took it out of him. He hits the big leg, but doesn't cover right away due to the pain. Hogan tries to stand and his knee gives out. Flair puts him back in the figure four. Hogan tells Anderson, no, and wags a finger in Pee-wee Anderson's face to exaggerate how how much he does not want to give up. He was
1: saying yes, but he didn't tap. And when Pee-wee went to call for the bell, he told him no, don't.
0: He rolls over the figure four, exactly what a guy with a bad leg would do, reverse the pressure. Exactly. Jimmy Hart takes out Sherry, but Sherry eventually hits Hogan in the knee with a high heel. Anderson, though... Suddenly counts to ten, as Hogan was outside the ring with Flair and Sherry and Hart. Eight, nine, ten. Eight, nine, ten. Ding, ding, ding. Count Count out. out, And the crowd boos the fuck out of this, as well they should have. Buffer then then mistakenly says that Flair won the belt, (laughs) which was awesome. So Flair plays along, grabs the belt, and... And leaves with it. Yes, but... Buffer then grabs the mic and has to correct himself, which is rare for Michael Buffer to have to correct himself. Hogan comes back in, grabs his belt back, but uh uh-oh, the masked man is back and kicks at Hogan's leg and takes Pee-wee Anderson out, which Pee-wee deserved it based on his performance (laughs) tonight. The masked man holds Hogan's leg for flair and he dives on it from the top, puts him back in the figure four. Sherry helps and kicks at Hogan's leg. Sting! Sting! His plane made it from Chicago to Cedar Rapids, landed. He got in a car, made it all the way over here, just in the nick of time. In an hour. Didn't have time to put on his makeup or his gear, so it's just Steve Borden with blonde hair. Surfer Sting with Steve Borden running to the ring in his street clothes. Big, nice 80 glasses. Oh, yeah. 90s glasses. awesome glasses. Runs in to save the Hulkster, which he does by just covering him up because the heels had already bailed. Flair takes the world title with him. Hey, Buffer said it was mine. It's mine. So Flair leaves, and Hogan, after recuperating with Sting for a minute, is legit pissed, this was a shoot, brother, that the belt is gone because he wanted to grandstand and hot dog on his one good leg, and he's pissed that he can't do it with his belt. So I was delighted that Flair took the belt so he couldn't do it. And I'm sure Bobby Heenan was as well. Sting, Trainers, and Jimmy Hart carry the injured Hulkster to the back.
1: Well, you know something, brother.
0: Then at the very last second, oddly, Patrick, Brother Brudei comes in at the very last second to help Hogan to the back. wonder where he was at. So there you go. We go off the air for Clash of the Champions 28. A very good TV card. uh, Setting the stage. I guess this would be the build for uh, going into Havoc that year which I would have to look at the card to see what they had to offer at Halloween Havoc in 94. Well, of course, Halloween Havoc 94 had to be another Hogan Flair match, this time in a steel cage. It was a steel cage retirement match. One of these guys would never wrestle again. And Hogan defeated Ric Flair. That's it. Flair's, so, done. Flair's done. And Mr. T was the special guest <laughs> referee in that match. I paid a fool. But then, of course, Starcade that year, it was revealed. The man in the mask on this Clash of Champions. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. For anyone who doesn't know, it was Brother Bruteye. What? And Ed fucking Leslie got to main event WCW's WrestleMania, Starcade 94, against Hulk Hogan. So there you go. As the butcher. Because he butchered a friendship.
1: He did. He butchered that friendship.
0: So that was Clash of the Champions twenty eight, a very very good TV card for free. Oh man, dude, it's up there. It's literally one of the best Clash Champions. I think it had everything you could want in a wrestling match. Uh, the only knocks I would have against it is the constant updates on Hogan and the Hogan match itself, and Hogan. Hogan is pretty much the only thing that I hate about this card. He's also the reason that a lot of people probably watch this card. pee Pee Anderson. uh, Oh, and Pee-wee Anderson. (laughs) Pee-wee Anderson and Hulk Hogan together really ruined this card for me. The fuck finish with uh, the stud stable and Dusty and Dustin kind of sucked too, but the match was decent and the heels had major heat at the end of it, so whatever they were building to was working. Uh, I just wish that we'd moved on past the stud stable i think that the stud stable part of the story had been told you know and then arn and ming or whatever they were doing that could be the next chapter i just think keep it concise you know not you don't have to drag out everything you know but outside of that i thought this was really great a little less than two hours and a a much better use of two hours than watching Smack 'em, whack 'em. Yes, uh, phenomenal clash of the champions. Highly recommended. Ricky Steamboat's last match in his prime. Steve Austin showing off his talent. Just Anoki just beating the shit out of uh, Lord Steven Regal. I Anoki's
1: mean, last matches. It was. It had everything, man. It literally had. That
0: everything. was the great thing about WCW. There was a lot of variety on this card, and you yes. wouldn't you wouldn't get that on a WWF card no. at this time. With the uh, amount of variety, the only thing it was lacking was probably a women's match. If they could have worked one of those out, but uh, they they didn't sign a Medusa back over yet, so she hadn't you, thrown the title. Yeah, the she hadn't, she hadn't thrown the uh, belt in the bin. So on our ratings scale, sk- well, before we get there, what did you think of this card? I loved it. I loved
1: it. I really believe it's one of the great, one of the greatest Clash of Champions that they've ever done. It's up there uh, as easily one of the highest rated it has to be and all
0: for free yeah could have made some money off of this this was before they did pay-per-views every single month i mean if they put this this could have worked as a pay-per-view yeah but for a free card i think that even you know that puts it up even higher as far as quality it it
1: had to be the highest rated thing on tv that night
0: well i mean (laughs) probably on cable on our rating scale, of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where does Clash of the Champions 28 with the Hulkster's knee? Oh, man, dude. Nancy is, Kerrigan, Hulk Hogan.
1: It had everything. I really... Uh, you're going to have to go, brother. I, I don't... I got to think about it. Where Where would you put it?
0: Definitely going to rank it pretty it's high. it's high.
1: It's high. It's higher than anybody that wrestled on the card tonight. Let's put it that
0: way. I'm going to give it a Ron Reese. That's how highly I think of it.
1: I got to give it he wasn't even on the card but he was going to show up later on here in a few months in 95. I got to give it a giant.
0: Yeah, that's right when he when he showed up with Andre's t-shirt and his monster truck and threw it in Hogan's face. Yes. That uh
1: I got to give it a giant. I mean pretty good. Was...
0: Pretty good ratings for a Clash of the Champions card. But now it's my pick and I get to drag us back down. Oh. I don't think you're going to be able to top this, bro. Oh, I'm not trying to. <laughs> we're going to stay in WCW. I All know right. we do a lot of WCW. It's probably what we've reviewed the most. Maybe it's because we're in the South. I don't know. I don't know. We, we seem to review a lot of it's
1: WCW. It's 90% of my picks.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and it is fall. It is fall now, and that usually means... Fall Brawl. Fall Brawl War Games, but... I'm not going to do Fall Brawl, because I don't want to sit through three hours. Instead, but I do want to do war games. But I want to do a special kind of war games. I want to do Russo's Revenge. Russo's Revenge! With the Triple Cage. Yes! From the September 4th, 2000 episode of WCW Nitro. The last time the Triple Cage was ever used. used. It was only used three times. Once in the movie, once in Slamboree, and then once here tonight. Yes! Russo's Revenge, where uh, he had the faces and the heels, which were backwards, fighting each other for Nash's belt. Even though Nash was his friend, it made zero sense, but they had qualifying matches before that, and it also features, who was in the news this week for trying to dropkick Fred Durst, it also features... The insane clown posse. So it really does have everything. It has everything. The Great Muda, the Triple Cage, Stevie versus Booker T, or Stevie Ray versus Booker T in uh, Dallas where they got their start. So this is what now? This is the September 4th, 2000 edition of WCW Monday Nitro. September 4th of 2000. Russo's Revenge. We will not be watching the Week After's episode where. David Flair would attempt to marry Stacy Keebler so I don't want to watch a wedding episode sorry uh, but there you go Russo's Revenge War Games without if you thought WWE's version of War Games was a little off you, oh man you ain't seen nothing yet you ain't yet. seen
1: nothing yet that's so true Yes. Because you don't only have to go up and get the title, you have to come back. You need to bring it back.
0: Bring it back and walk out the door. Right. You can't just climb over off. The, I wondered, hypothetically, what if he just came down the cage? Climb through the outside. Because, I mean, you go from the second pier to get to the third tier, you
1: have to go outside the cage, right? So just climb so up. So here's
0: what I would have done. I would have gotten the belt and just left... And then come back later when no one's around and open the door and then walk through it. Walk in, walk, walk back out. <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been my strategy. You'll see the strategy that they employed here as Goldberg was in this thing. So I mean he must win. He only he only wins. He never loses. So
1: you're not what you're not gonna see is a scared man in a helmet realizing that he is in probably the biggest piece of shit. He has ever gotten himself into in his entire life
0: yes but this is i don't want to confuse people this isn't the one where russo gets speared through the cage that would be his final tv appearance that would be well no not his final one but he would suffer concussion sim- symptoms and then later leave the company or not leave but go home get paid yeah or whatever but that was a different cage match oh was it really yeah these two are very similar, though. They are so similar, except one's a triple cage and one's not. Okay. But it involves, like, all the same people.
1: Okay, that's what I was thinking. So, okay.
0: Yeah, but this... He is in a helmet, though, I think. He still wears the same ring gear. He comes prepared. He's in a devil's jersey. Cause yeah,
1: that's the one I'm talking about.
0: Okay, but he doesn't get speared out of the cage here. He might. I don't. I don't want to spoil it. So there you have it. That's this week's review, and that was that next week's pick. So that's us. That's it for the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex. I am the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying as always, I
1: am pumped for next week. Closing line's a clothesline. line. Why do you? Why are you so excited about next? Week? I love this raw. This match. You alone, mean Nitro or Nitro? I love three. I love the three tier cage, man.
0: I love the three tier cage. It's <laughs> a spectacle, you know, that's a mode they should have on Two K nineteen, where you can bi- where you can build your own you, cage.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We got to get to
0: work on that. Bingo, bingo. We'll see you next week. Russo's revenge.
4: Believing champions. I got nothing but dreams inside. I got nothing but dreams. I'm just young enough to still believe, still believe. We're young enough not to know what to believe in. Young enough not to know what to believe in. Yeah. Got rage every day, on the inside The only thing I do is sit around and kill time I'm trying to blow out the pilot light I'm trying to blow out the light I'm just young enough to still believe, still believe we young enough not to know what to believe in Young enough not to know what to believe in.